That's all right. Fuck. It just makes. We know a lot about noses here anyway. Yeah. I had a fucking nose job. When was it? Fuck. Got smashed. I look worse than Mark. Oh, yeah. Way worse than Mark. He doesn't know what hiding is. Yeah, I actually got asked about that fucking. The drill out and shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For you. you, No, no. My nose is good because I do the nose breathing. Yeah, what's that about? Just, just breathe through your nose. <laughs> but don't you do that anyway? Isn't that what people no, do? No, no. There's a guy. We're, um, we're lazy cunts. That's yeah, we mouth breathe. Andrew Nesta, I think his name is. He wrote a book called Breathe. Have you have you gone into the like down the rabbit hole of like taping your mouth? And no, and he did shit? all that shit. Yeah, I've I've only just started his book. Okay. Yeah, it's all about. But if you breathe through the shut mouth, shut your fucking mouth and breathe. You get a dry mouth though, like. Isn't it natural just no. to breathe through your nose? No. You suppose like he was he's oh, trying yeah. to train people to to train and keep like, oh, you know, to, like run to run and run breathe and through your nose. So, so when we train we like when we're doing aerobic stuff, we try and nose breathe because you move more oxygen around your body than through your mouth. Is that real yeah, really? Yeah. Obviously when you're on the rivet you can't be you go, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um yeah, even like if we're doing a hard set on the bike or something like that, I'll try and nose breathe when I can because it pushes more I'm a dumb fuck, so I just think of like these little cars of oxygen moving around, little lemmings, and I'm like, if my nose mo- uses more lemmings. <laughs> okay, yeah. So <laughs> so the oxygen's going through this, there's more pathways in there, yeah. so it's not all about the lungs then, because with your mouth you get a whole heap now of it's something to do with the, the carbon monoxide, Because it needs to be oh, a balance, doesn't it? Like, There's no good having one and, and the other. No. If you're hyperventilating, they get you to suck on a brown bag and, and that'll um, get... Get yeah, the, whole the thing levels back, back, in, back balance. in balance. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I'm not far far enough into the book to nose breather. Smash you with all the knowledge. But no, yeah. <laughs> have, you got, have you got an app that you use? No, I, see, I'm only, I'm only, to be honest, I'm like introduction. That, I, got, so. <laughs> I use this Breathworks app, and I reckon it's like so. It'll be like in through the nose for six. Depends what you're doing. Yeah, there's like a performance one, a sleep one, all this shit. But um, from a training point of view, I talk like I'm big on. I'm not like the, a mad guru at it. Yeah. Do this Wim Hof shit and all the rest of it. You haven't done fun. Wim Hof? I love oh. Wim. He does it. I haven't done it for like three days and I've been cranky and I'm, I just realised now, what the fuck's wrong with me? I haven't done my breathing and I haven't done the cold showers and all that because we're doing all this shit with the house. And I just, do you do any of that cold shock therapy? And no, I'll do like just ice baths and stuff like that, but yeah. I haven't really gone down the avenue so much of like the Wim Hof stuff and um, more from a... I've I've got like boots and stuff that I use for for recovery and things like that, but um I haven't been down that avenue. Yeah, but I think yeah. it's it's similar, but I think it's a bit different in the sense of because you, when you do your stuff, don't you do like your you do breath holds and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah, basically deep hyperventilation. It's not hyperventilation because you're not pump, you know, you're not hyper, but thirty huge breaths, then hold, man, just lay there and push it, and um like you want to get yourself dizzy from that and then hold it and. Yeah, when I first when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, this is bullshit because all you're doing is you're fucking up your CO2 yep. uh, matrix with you know, and then you're just feeling dizzy and that. But I think because you hold your breath afterwards, something happens where they reconnect and fuck it, it works for me, man. It's a great way to start the morning. Yeah, whatever so, works, eh? Like, yeah. doesn't matter what you do. Do it three, and I hold my breath three and a half yeah. minutes now. Fucking easy, you know. Yeah. That's fucking from someone who could thirty seconds, and I used to be like, yeah, fucking, that's. that's Fucking three and a half minutes. It's insane, eh? Fucking the first time I did it, I held it for two and a half minutes, man. And I'm like, and that's from zero, from unfit arsehole, you know? So, so <laughs> yeah. I hate to know how long he can do it. And, then, and But good on him because he says it's not a competition. I'm not going to tell you how long I do it. It's yeah, about yeah. the effect. Do you feel good after it? 
Yeah, yeah, fucking do. Well, they do those competitions called static hypoxia where they do it in the in the pool. I read some. Okay, yeah. I'll read some shit sometimes. (laughs) They just sort of lay in a pool and they turn over. And every minute, some the partner will hit them, and they've got to lift their finger up to say, "I'm still conscious." Okay, yeah. The dudes do it for thirteen minutes. Fucking hell! Yeah. Thirteen minutes—that's insane. Obviously, you're not moving. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you got your down, your divers that do all that stuff. But I'm guessing it'd be harder for them because how far under are these? Just at the no, these guys just do it at the surface. So yeah. they just pretty much they do this gulping shit. I don't know what it's like storing oxygen. Yeah, and they roll. And they just sit there. And that's the heart, the you, you'd see the heart rate would just fucking oh, drop be, down. It'd be, you know. Fuck. Be nothing, barely going. Yeah, a real zen state, you know. You know Lomachenko, the yeah, the yeah, Ukrainian, the Ukrainian boxer. Ukrainian he cat. does the um, he does three minutes, but he's kind of like trying to rush himself, like so he's trying to burn all that oxygen because it's three so, minutes holding your breath and exercising. Yeah, so it's like a like a a flurry in box, you know, like yeah, yeah, trying, no, that to, works. trying to push past that that well, busting you, point kind with of with the Hoffy thing. Let's say you only got four minutes <clears> to do something. Do like thirty hardcore breaths as hard as you can, just sitting there, yeah. and then press ups, man. Hold your breath and just pump as many press yeah. ups. And I'm shit out at press ups, but I did forty press ups, man, which for me is a fucking, fucking unbelievable. Hell. And I boom, 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 and your face feels like it's going to have this orgasm, like your blood is going to explode. <laughs> it's fucking like you're. Comp- I don't know. I think my, you'd know a hell of a lot more, but it's mental fatigue seems to be for me the issue. You know, I'll, you know I'm unfit and all that, but yeah. my brain says, no, you can't do this. And then I just can't fucking do it, you know. But when you're yeah, your holding your breath and you're fucking, you're just yeah. buzzing out, um, you can do a lot, man. It's yeah, your brain will lie to you as much. Yeah, you yeah, know, as much It'll as it trick can you. tell you to stop. <laughs> it's an asshole. You must know mind, a bit about yeah. that. Well, my, the... my wife's a sports psychologist as oh, well. Oh, fucking so there you go. I just use her on tap. Like, mm. Especially when I like, I'll probably talk about it a bit, a bit when we about the world champ stuff. But we're doing like a lot of visualization. I was with, I had a heart rate strap on just in the lounge room, and like my max heart rate would be about one seventy five. We could sit at one fifty. Yeah, and I'm just laying on the carpet, wasn't even moving. I'd be sitting there just perspiring, sweating my ass oh, off. Shit. And we just talked about me like visualizing that I was in the race, and we even talked like she'd be talking to me, and I'd be she'd be like we're walking down. I'd never fucking been to Auckland, New Zealand in my life. Yeah. And I, I looked at like Google Maps shit and all yeah. the rest of it. So I was there. She talked about us moving, walking down. You can smell the wetsuits. And we just went through all this shit. First time I did it, we did 15 seconds. And I'm like, yeah. what's this shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing did was again, happening. Did it again. Did it again. I could do it for an hour and I'd be at 150 beats and not even fucking Fucking moving. hour. So fucking the hour. mind is this completely controlling body, isn't it? it you yeah. trick the mind into thinking it's doing something and away yeah. it goes. Yeah, that's you know, it. The body follows. I, um, there's a hypnotist, well, it's kind of a psychologist hypnotist from the 70s, and I've seen footage of him hypnotising someone. Uh, you know, well, I think it was like a, a show in that, but he did it in front of cameras and stuff as, as well. And then he'd say, okay, he'd get a pencil and say, okay, this is a cigarette. I'm going to put it out on the arm. Boom, out in the arm. Fucking blister come up straight away, man. Whoa. It was just a fucking pencil. So, yeah. It says yeah. a lot about recovery and things like that. And that's what Wim yeah. Hof reckons he's tapping into with his breathing. Like they injected him with a coli, which should have knocked him out for six hours. Deep breathing. He said, I can now access my adrenaline glands. I can burn this away. Fucking burns it away. And they said, oh, you're just a genetic freak. And he goes, okay, give me 12 people. Gave him 12 people. He fucking trained them up one week. They injected all them with a coli. Fucking burnt it all out, man. Whereas before them, there'd been 15,000 people injected with this thing and they all got sick as a dog for six hours. Fuck. Well, I, think, I think these people that want to be sick will be sick. You know, yeah, that, yeah. That's so, that so, obviously, I don't know. If, 
they ring me up and tell me I've got a brain tumor and you know the rest of it. Like this, with a with a naturopath, I'm not going to rub up against a palm tree and think it's going to save me life, sort of thing. But like, I still think there's a, a big impact on what you think. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. Well, placebo. You know, people say oh, it's the placebo effect. It's strong, you know, is that. Mm. But the thing is, placebo effect is an effect. They're not saying, oh, it didn't work and you're not cured of cancer. They're saying, well, it was just placebo, which what does that mean? It means the mind fucking cured you. You cured yourself. Yeah. And if you can tap into that somehow, you know, like every, I did a medical trials when I was over in England and broke. And they were, they were telling me then that 15% of all people in the medical trial will cure themselves. Yeah. So, you know, they have to take 15% either way. Because it's they just, believe in they the believe story that they, of that the, the, the story they're going to yeah. get cured. There's another idea. Let's say you're sick as a dog and got to go to work and take the day off, and then you call up to go to the doctor and that, and he takes the appointment. Then you start feeling better. It's it's like you. It happens all the time, man. It's because you let your body know that you're going to get healed soon. It's a classic one where uh, you eat some bad food. You're a caveman. You've eaten some bad food. You have got diarrhea. Um, you're shitting everywhere and you're sick as and then you hear a fucking growl like that and you turn around there's a fucking tiger you, your body instantly stops shitting it's yeah, puts, it you, puts you in a state of stress and off you fucking go the adrenaline takes over yeah. fight or flight and then you don't start shitting again until you're completely safe and or so relaxed would it yeah be? relaxed and so it's those stress levels that actually stop yeah. your healing man because I did read about a gunfight in Iraq and the the guy writing the book said he had mad diary. So in between, like, firing, this is what he wrote. He was dropping his dax and just kind of letting it go. So I he, probably, he was probably yeah. either maybe, like, just super relaxed that, yeah, he could do that, relieve himself and yeah, just yeah. continue on maybe. you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, welcome to the show, Nathan. <laughs> 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 We're about halfway through. We're halfway through the show. <laughs> Mr. Nathan Miller, thanks for coming on, man. Cheers, thanks for having me. No worries. So tell us about your your new injury. Uh, so I, I did um, tore my hamstring off the bone probably uh, about six, seven weeks ago. Um, went up and was doing an obstacle course, 7K obstacle course, um, 60 obstacles with a little 11-year-old fella that I do a bit of youth work with and um, took him up there to try and work on his self-esteem and um, just his communication with other people and just get yep. him out of his comfort zone a little bit and um, took him up there and it was a bit of a weird feeling for me. It's the first, I guess it wasn't a race, it was something we had to complete but you put in a start pen and all the rest of it before it and I was like, oh, I had no expectation on, you know, every time I've probably the last 10 years since I've raced, I've got an idea of what time I'm going to do or all this sort of yeah. stuff. And I was like, oh, this is heaps cool. I just could, <laughs> I'm going as quick as this kid goes, like, yeah, you know, and it was cool. Like, So we went through... 50 we got to about the 55th obstacle and it was pretty funny about 3k in there was a bit of a run in between probably 800 meters heaps of mud and stuff and i was just i just said oh, i'll see at the end i'm ripping in i'm running he, you know people are worried about getting dirt on them we're covered in shit anyway yeah like, yeah anyway i ran to the end and i was waiting for him at the next obstacle and i turn around and he looks at me he just flicks his foot up and he goes oh i lost my shoe name just his sock eh? and i'm like oh we're running about halfway <laughs> yeah, he goes, yeah. what, what do i do and i said mate we've got to finish no matter what like do you want my shoe or what do you want to do like i'm going to tie that sock on or something like and he was like oh oh i said mate don't worry about it we'll, we'll get you a new pair of shoes I don't, i'm not worried about that like we've just got to keep moving he was like right oh and then funny enough they had these big um half sort of half pipe things like ninja warrior style and they have at most of the obstacles, they'd have something small, medium, and big sort of thing. 
Yeah, good old Nathan Miller, ego number one. I'm like, fuck, I haven't <laughs> yeah, seen many yeah, people yeah. have a crack at that big one. I'll, I'll have a crack. So anyway, ran and just airborne, nowhere near it, kidding myself. <laughs> Hit the pipe and then, yeah, just felt this massive, felt a bang. I thought it was a cramp, but um, yeah, a couple of days later after scans and all the rest of it, they said, um, tore, tore my hamstring off the bone. Did you feel it go pop? Because like, it's like elastic, isn't it? Like a bang like that. Yeah, but I think because there, so, like, there was music going on and oh, you had to yeah, get out yeah. of the road and all this sort of stuff, I just felt like it was just a really bad cramp. And then um, yeah. lucky enough, they reckon it sort of, well, I guess, torn like a piece of paper and they reckon that one part of the end, um, or from the surgeon that I saw, he reckons that one part of it still attached a little bit. So there was like a three <coughs> centimetre separation at one end and still a bit of an impingement okay, stuck yeah, there. Yeah. So I've just been doing rehab and he reckons that... Um, It'll grow it, back. Or yeah. They just yeah, have well. to stick it back on? No, nah, well, he said if it fully... He goes, we'll do the rehab pretty hard. Um, and like from when it first happened, like I, I couldn't walk, I couldn't even sit in the toilet or anything like that. I was just out of it. But um, I saw him 10 days later and he said, if there's not much of an improvement, then I'll just, yeah, we'll, we'll do rehab pretty hard. But he goes, if you come back and there's not an improvement, then I'll just cut you open, pull it up and then staple it onto your pretty much your Fuck. hip bone. Yeah, and then well, that's where it's got to stay, and then you'd it's be like right. a carpentry course, eh? Yeah, we'll just staple it on there. Pretty brutal, way <laughs> eh, When you look at it, yeah, yeah. Just, that's pretty much what he said. It was like just a curtain, like yeah. just pull it up, whack a couple of staples in, and, and yeah. she'll, she'll grow back on. I'm sitting there going, okay. It, it, it was good though. Like I, I, um, my physio down here had sent me to this this guy, and he, so Andy works with hamstrings, knees, and that's it. And um, oh, primo, yeah. He was supposedly one of Australia's best at what he does, and it was good. I didn't want to be treated um, special, but I just wanted something for acknowledge you know the case yeah. that we do and all the rest of it he'd mainly worked with afl and, and footy players and stuff like that but um when i explained what we did and whatnot he was actually tommy travojevich from manly that's oh, <laughs> heaps yeah. of hamstring problems he's his surgeon <laughs> yeah, he me, when he told me that i'm like um didn't he just do his hamstring again running down on the piss like he was racing some guys <laughs> oh, in the newspapers yeah, like yeah. not long ago yeah i said that's not comfort that's not very comforting like, <laughs> yeah. that should not be on your resume no, 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 no. <laughs> and he goes no nah, no nah, but like we rehabbed him he didn't need surgery and all the rest of it so i got a fair bit more confidence from it because, you know, their NRL players are explosive yeah. and all the rest of it. Yeah, so yeah. he's um, – and, and from where I'm at now, I just said it can take up to 24 weeks until I have, I guess, at full speed sort of thing. But um, if you'd told me six or six weeks ago that I'd be where I am now, I'd be like, oh, no, nah, you're probably kidding yourself. But yeah. Um, all in all, I'm, I'm pretty good. What's in the rehab? What are you doing for rehab? Heaps of exercise stuff, so just specific stuff like um, – hamstring curls and then just like you know eccentric holds and things like that but yeah. um it's uncomfortable because there's still obviously a little bit of pain there but there's nothing like even when i'm walking around general day i, I wouldn't be able right. to yeah. or anything like that so. do you ever look at that knees over toes guy on instagram oh no nah, but he, holy yeah, what's shit. the deal with that oh, it's pretty new lately <coughs> yeah, well, yeah he, my, he goes from like a it's hard to explain but you know when you're kind of like a deck chair like your legs are underneath you yeah and you you've got your you know they're bent back this way kind of thing he goes from that and stands up, and it looks freaky. It's all because of his his um, knees and hamstrings and that are just super f- fucking strong. And, and for a long time, they used to say, like, when, when I did all my um, uh, Cert 3 and like, fitness training and all that sort of stuff, all, all the strength conditioning stuff was um, when you squat, your knees should stay behind your toes. And yeah. But now there's all this stuff coming through that... Knees over toes guy. Yeah. Check him out. He's <laughs> fucking insane. He couldn't dunk, and he, yeah, yeah. he just wanted to be a good basketballer. Kept yep. getting knee injuries and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Started this new training. Yep. He says who the guy is. I can't remember. 
And now he can dunk. He's like, I only know about it because my bike fitter, and he's a pretty switched on dude as oh, well. Yeah. And he, he, we just were talking shit one day, and he was like, oh, and he was, he was right into it. Yeah. And he knew, yeah, he knew heaps about it. So yeah. just leg ex- and it, so he'd done ACLs and things like that, done his knees? Yeah, he's, he had fucked knees, and it had something to do with his calf strength. Okay, and the, yeah. the tightness of his calf. Because you, you see a lot of people, page. when chicks have high, wear high, like ladies, or men for that, you know, shortening the calf. Shortening the calf, yeah. baby. It's know. no good. Hmm. Not fucking good. Well, if you're going to wear high heels, it's good. Well, is it? I don't know. I don't know. Because if you're wearing high heels, it must be good because the calf gets shorter. So it'd only do that if you needed short calves. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> we digressing. I'm interested. Yeah. Um, you, you went up to Central Coast to take a, a young fella up there. So. How did you get involved in that? It's like mentor mentorship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of, lot of um, <clears throat> so I mainly do mentoring stuff with like kids in care that are in foster care and stuff like that yeah. at the moment. Um, I did a bit of, years ago I did some stuff at like a residential house. So kids that have been in foster care and their placements broke down and then there used to just be a house, I guess. And yeah. it'd be myself and whoever, just the workers and we're mum and dad are for the day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that sort of flowed into my strength more was uh, like I wanted to do fun stuff with them but build them up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and maybe because I'm still half a kid, I feel like I can relate to them pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, for sure. We, you know, I'm not I'm not scared to jump in and have a you know have fun with them and stuff like that. There's kids that I'd go surfing with or, you know what I mean? And, and to show them that, you know, it's good to fail and you don't have to be perfect at everything. Like if they're good at something or whatever and they want to have a crack at whatever <laughs> and I've never done it in my life, I'll just have a crack. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a like, great so, thing to do. Yeah. I actually, I did a bit of, I wanted to do the same thing. I'm a chef by trade and I, I got a um, a gig doing this something similar with Southern Youth and Family down here. Oh. And, um, and but when I got into the house, it was a different, I wanted to be a mentor and show them how to cook and, and kind of do maybe what you're doing and just say, hey, the, Wollongong's a small place, man. You know, like the world's big, and you can mm. you can just learn to cook, and you can travel the world if you want. You know, you can have all these skills. But I found it was a completely to live in the house, man. Um, some of these kids had you know issues or, or whatever, and you just got to be a really cool, calm cat. And I, and they really showed me I'm not that cool and calm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to take them out and have fun, but Jesus, yeah. I couldn't. I just wasn't. And then you know, some of these kids were just you know what they were doing because they've been they've been dropped by their family and all that. And so they're playing up and then they would play up to you. They probably liked you, but they want to push you as hard as they can to see if you're going to fuck off yeah. as well, you know? And so, uh, unfortunately I fucked off. <laughs> I, I just couldn't take it, but I could see, I knew what they were doing. And then I was talking to some ladies who worked there and they were fucking angels. Yeah. They, they ran me through this whole thing. And I thought, you guys are amazing, man. And yeah, well, I, I can't handle it, you know, but I'd like to try. Yeah. Once you build that rapport with them as well, like, um, yeah, some of the kids, <laughs> One of, the, one of the kids we had for a while at one of the houses, he was, he was, I took him away and did a triathlon with him. He'd never done, never done triathlon sure, before. Wow. And right. I didn't make him do it, but he just come and watch me one day and he's like, I could do one of them. And he was a pretty nal- talented, um, arsy little, little <coughs> fella. And I liked it because he'd keep you on your toes a little bit, you know. Yeah. But, um, and, and then he, he'd, he'd been from out in the bush, but he'd, he'd been through rehab when he was 12 because his mum got him on a meth pipe and stuff oh, like that. And just fuck. some of the trauma yeah, and stuff yeah. they'd gone through. Um, yeah, it's pretty full on, and I guess having my wife's a psychologist, just talking to her a little bit about you know trauma and yeah. kids with you know that are on the spectrum or ADHD yeah. and all, all different sorts of things, just to find their strengths and build them up a little bit. And and look, some days I 
like you know pretty hard obviously but then i just think once yeah once once you can sort of find that connection and yeah they can sure. trust you a little bit and i got this little fella that I, I work with but he's not little he's not as big as me and he's in i think he's 11 um, the one yeah. that i did the obstacle course with but he's got a great carer um and like i'm i'm in for the long haul I'll, I'll stay with him in care until he's 18 like mm. um i just got a real good relationship with him and it's hard because some people especially when we're at the other other house when there was four or five sort of kids you'd go from one bedroom to try and get this kid up for school and he's tell you get fucked and fuck, blah blah you don't give a shit and then you go to the other kid and he's like ready to go to school but that one's that you know that one's <clears throat> might be he might he might have you know autism then you go to the other kid he's hasn't had his meds he's on adhd the other kid's been to see his family and then he's let down from them so like going from one room uh, to yeah. the next was just four different personalities mm. in one minute you yeah. know what I mean so I used to take my dogs actually to, to work a fair bit to yeah. get them out of bed yeah, yeah. Not, not many people you know especially if they were sort of dog people and you know stuff like that you'd I'd take him in and just open the door and they'd ah oh, fuck off Nathan I'm like hey oh, well, not me. I'm not waking you up and I've got to be beagle <laughs> yeah. you know licking his face yeah. and all the rest of it yeah. so, oh, he would get up and start can't be mad at a dog nah no. and then they you know we used to take him he'd be like oh can we take him down the beach first for a run before school and stuff like that so you'd just sort of just you'd find you'd what, find you know, ways yeah. Yeah. yeah instead of going come on if you're not up you yeah. know, I'm take this off you and this and that I'll and they've off, heard all that shit nah. their whole lives man yeah. that's, that's not what nah. they need no, they're know? not even worried half of them aren't worried about getting locked up and stuff so there's no point you know what I mean and yeah yeah even when I used to do afternoon shifts and stuff like that like I, I say to them like I, I know what it was like in a way like I was popping the fly screen out when I was 16 and going drink you know <laughs> some yeah. Yeah. And yeah. stuff like that getting, getting Ash and Adam to buy them for me in the Moraine VL yeah, but yeah. like, but like <laughs> I, I get it because I'm like I, you know I, I'd, I'd be doing the same so I'd say look just Flick me a text. I'll come get you at one o'clock. Like, yeah. And then you're home. Like, that, that's cool. Yeah. I don't care if you're off your face. Like, I would be too. Yeah. You know, smoke, <laughs> if you're gonna go smoke a few billies, maybe just don't get green out. Like, let's just. Yeah. Yeah. Limit the damage think, a little bit. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? If I, said, I think that's the way to do if it. If I said, yeah. oh, come on, I'll drop you at the library, go read three books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't so think that, there is a fucking library around <laughs> here anymore. Is there? I wouldn't know where to take him. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a phone. Yeah. Fucking Google yeah. it. It's in there. Uh, yeah. So you do that what five days a week or? Nah, so I just sort of do that. I just contracted in a way. So mm. I was doing it um, when I when I left the jail. Actually, that's how it started up. Um, and I was doing that full time while, while I was sort of building my, my tra- coaching business up. Yeah. And then as that sort of got bigger, then I sort of became a bit more selective. Um, and then when I started, I guess training and racing professionally and a bit more serious that sort of slanted off a little bit but then I moved down the coast for two years down to Huskisson and I couldn't keep coming back for like an hour or two hours mm. and whereas it sort of suits my lifestyle up here that it, you know oh, I've got a couple of hours with this kid and you can do this yeah. and you can do that so at the moment I sort of just pick and choose and I'll, it's a lot dependent on the kid if I think I can do a, a good work with them then yeah. I'll, I'll put a bit more work in as well so yeah. um, pretty rewarding you know yeah yeah I, I, I love it um, just seeing yeah the growth in them and stuff yeah. like that um, and I guess it's a bit wanky but when you feel like you're doing a good job and you're good at what you do and I see it some of the other you know there's some good people that work there but there's some in any job there's some terrible people that work there and I'm yeah. like you know if I can do some good then and I can fit it in then yeah it's definitely rewarding yeah for sure <laughs> so you going right back to the beginning you grew up with this fella here and <laughs> Daptopia yeah the Daptopia. Daptopia, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, fucking oath. Yeah. yeah, it's just a patch of dirt. Some good comes of it. Oh, a lot of right. shit, though, but... Yeah. Well, adventures. 
Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with Dapto. There's plenty worse places than Dapto. Yeah, yeah. It's got a good name. It's famous for something. The dogs. The dogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are they back on? I fucking drove past there the other day and it was Maybe. all lit up. Maybe. Could they be. were talking about knocking it down and putting apartments or some shit oh. up there, weren't they, for a while? Yeah, I don't Last know. Last year, before COVID hit. Yeah. I had an idea of like trying to get money together for the residents <laughs> of Dapto and Wollongong and building a gigantic fucking Dapto dog over the motorway. Like a male one, so as you're driving down the motorway, you got this, you know, big balls. <laughs> yeah. you know, like it would be something. Yeah. The it's big a windscreen. Fucking big one. Rubber sack. There's something to think about. We yeah, might be able to start something. Yeah. Yeah. What um, jail were you at? Uh, so I worked at Long Bay for uh, maybe five, six, <clears throat> six years. Oh, you had a second Long Bay. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, we had a guy on a couple of weeks ago, Eddie, and it, he, he was worked there for a while as well, wasn't 10 he? 10 years, was it? Yeah. He did a while, yeah. So you did five years there? Yeah, from 2006 <laughs> to 2011. Yeah, I think Eddie was a bit early, isn't it? Late yeah, 80s, was, 90s, yeah. I think. How'd you like it? Did you... Yeah, I, I, so you come straight out of the jail... I'm sorry, from the army... So I sort of did a bit of both at one stage. I um, So you went to school. Sorry, we're jumping oh, here. Yeah. So you went to school, uh, Dapto, everything was cruising along fine. Then and I, then you joined the army? No, I left from there and I, joined, uh, I was a joiner by trade. Okay. Just yeah. doing kitchens and things like that. Um, yeah. And just just a small business, just the boss and myself. Um, yeah. And that was, even how that come along was pretty cool that I, wanted, I was at school and I didn't want to be at school anymore. And he, my boss used to go to Dapto Hine, he'd ring the teachers and said, give me someone for work experience so I can potentially give a Put job. Because oh, um, that's needs, awesome. Yeah. Needs to be good at maths and needs to be good at woodwork. But... Um, yeah, so I did work experience for a week and I remember I worked back on like the Wednesday night to 10 o'clock one night helping him install this kitchen at this guy's house. I tried to put the range hood upside down because I've never fucking seen one in my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know them in that though. <laughs> Just a hole in the roof. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I um, yeah, he was, he was, he, uh, I finished my work experience and he, he gave me an envelope and said to me, oh, just open it up when you get home, whatever, thanks for the week, you know, blah, blah. So yeah. I got about 200 metres around the corner and opened that envelope up straight away and he gave me a bit of cash and wrote a letter saying if you want to leave school or if you want to do year 12, because I'd finished year 11, I think I was like, it was the last week of year 11 work experience. And yeah. um, and he said, if you want to do year 12 and work part-time or whatever you want to do, we're happy to work in with you. So he's good in that sense as yeah, well. And awesome. I was like, nah, I'll, fucking come yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll start tomorrow if I can. Yeah, yeah. So I worked with him and he, he was pretty... Um, Pretty like cool boss as in I had my own keys to the workshop probably within my second year and as long as I do my hours, if the surf was good, there'd be times that I would have surfed and then come to work later if we didn't have a job and yeah. things like that. But and then the other way, um, you know, if if things were busy, I'd I'd try and work my ass off and stuff like that. But mm. it was pretty good in a sense of that. I guess that communication was good and that's how I got my job. I guess in the first place from you know, there's plenty of dickhead teachers, but there were some that were all right as well. That um, you know, that sort of funneled me. You know to get that job yeah. and then even having a good relationship with my boss that, you know, I'd house sit when him and his missus would go away and things like that and they really sort of took me on as a father figure and mother figure, I guess. Um, only 10 years ten years older than me but we'll, we'll say he's old, good old Jamie. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, and then he sort of said to me towards the end of my apprenticeship, he goes, look, I'm thinking about um, selling the business or I'm going to get out. Yeah. Maybe you start thinking about what you want to do and he had a, he had a good mate that was um, – uh, had some stuff to do with the SAS and, and whatnot from um, Perth. And I'd met him a few times and he was just a – I don't really know much about the Army, um, but 
I knew I, I knew enough, and I was, I was sort of just like, oh, I didn't have a fucking clue what I wanted to do. So he yeah. said, well, how about you start with some reserve stuff, get it, get your foot in the door. When I spoke to his mate, he said, look, just get your foot in the door, and you know, everyone wants to be a special forces and commando, and fucking, you know, everyone watches TV and thinks they thinks they're fucking legends. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, Chuck Norris. Yeah, see, see how you go. <laughs> so I, I started did some training with him and stuff like that, and even my boss, you know, I was doing pack marches with him up Huntley Hill climb and stuff like that, training oh, for him because he was, yeah. he was pretty. Just for basic training, and to be honest, when I finally got there, I actually lost fitness. I reckon because I fucking, <laughs> yeah. I probably trained way too much for it. Uh, me, uh, me and this guy from Morris, I remember at basic training um, at Kapuka, everyone be going to bed and stuff, and I will pumping out extra push ups and sit ups and shit in the room because I'm like, yeah. fuck, I don't want to get unfit. <laughs> other, yeah, other, yeah. other dudes are busted because they're like, oh, you know. But um, so I started out just just general infantry, and I guess back then reserves and full time all just went together. I think we did maybe eight weeks. Um, and from the it's a bit shorter, is it? Then oh, I think now they split them up and stuff. Okay, I don't yeah. really know, but I th- I'm pretty sure maybe the reserves do a different time now and, and the full time guys different time. But back then it was just throw his all in. Yeah. And some people are like oh, I'm a full timer, I'm this and yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I guess you get all you, and you got like clerks and transport people and infantry yeah. and all the rest of it. But um, oh, I didn't didn't find physically very hard at all. And I didn't hmm. find it um the discipline side of things because. My um, my home life was pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty disciplined pretty in disciplined that sense anyway. anyway. So yeah. I found that side of things piss easy as well. So basic training in that sense was was pretty easy. And then um, we did some stuff up at Singleton and uh, in Queensland, which is your IET training, which is your infantry training. So um, you're digging in and you start using all your weapons and all that sort of stuff. And that's when I found out that I'm a, <laughs> I joined the I joined the army as an infantry soldier and I was a shit shot. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking hopeless, man. Really? And then even yeah. like and I didn't even enjoy going to the range. Would be there for oh. hours and you just shooting like trying to get better and stuff. And I'm like so as an infantry soldier, you've got to get 20 rounds at 150 mil. That's your grouping size. Okay, And yeah. then the rest of the army, I think, is 200 mil. So it's a little bit, I guess, because it's your job, you probably should shoot all right. Yeah. But I'd be happy if, if I got 149.9. Fucking yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Out Just bang, bang, get me 20 rounds off. See you later. Sit back. I'm not doing this shit. What was the rifle you were using? Uh, I used to use a Steyr. So oh, yeah. They still use them now, I think, yeah, don't they? they? But they just upgraded them, I think. Okay. From, I've still got a few mates that are in there now. But, yeah. Um, yeah, just a 5.56. Semi-automatic, thirty-round magazine, <laughs> but like some guys, some of my mates, you know, they get woodies over that shit, and they're yeah. like, oh, you got to, you got, and then like we got, to, you know, it was pretty cool throwing a grenade, but to me, just throwing a grenade was like throwing a baseball. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The only bet, I guess, on that training camp, the I remember our sergeant was like, if anyone can get five grenades through this thing. I'm putting on piss for everyone, you know? And we we're like, sweet. And they're like, Miller, you're throwing it. Yeah, From playing baseball and stuff. And we had to get it through this, um, uh, it was sort of like a sleepers with a big one meter square sort of hole through it. Yeah. I can get up, bang, pin off, got one through and all the boys, like we had 60 people sitting there watching me. I'm like, fuck, here we go. Yeah. yeah. We've got four through there and he's oh. looking at me inside and I'm like, oh. Are you going to do it? Don't do it. <laughs> it was like a movie, just pegged it, hit the hit the thing and then just bounced back. Oh. Like, oh, <laughs> so they weren't live. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. were live. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So Just take a grenade out. Yep. How far, what's a what's a grenade explosion? How big is the? I is think the bang, like a, a six meter. See, this is the stuff that you have to know your tab data stuff, like that absorbing of information. So I'm pretty sure it was like a an F1 grenade was like a six meter kill radius, and then a um, secondary ra- kill radius, like fatality radius, was nine meters, and then twelve meters was frag fragmentation, fifteen meters was secondary frag, and then you had to know, you know, your stars 
weighs this much and then loaded, not loaded. Mm. It's got a range of this, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And I, I understand it because you, you know, you needed to know so much from, you know, especially if the enemy's coming at you, what weapons they got, how yeah, far they yeah. can hit you from. Are your mates like there yeah. and stuff like that. And um, oh, what else? I wonder how I'm about rocket launchers and stuff like that that you'd shoot it like a they'd have a truck out there and stuff you'd, that was that was pretty cool like a you can do that in RPG Cambodia too yeah. at a cow yeah. Yeah. yeah if you pay the right money yeah you eat it afterwards man <laughs> picking it up <laughs> but yeah that, that that stuff was pretty cool and so I was doing all that while I was in my last year of my apprenticeship and um and my boss you know got you get looked after from so that was the reserves. But, yeah, so I just started off with that and then I was waiting to funnel in. Um, I was going to go full-time after that. Yeah. I wanted to become um, – uh, I still was a bit I – was, I was maybe, oh, you know, maybe I'll go Special Forces and all the rest of it or maybe train up for the Carter course and I had a few mates that had gone through and things like that. What's the Carter course? So it's just like your, a selection course. I don't even know yep. what it's called now. Sort of like your, they do like a two-week course or, and all the rest of it. But in saying that, I like the physical side of things. Like I loved it, you know, get your 30, you know, chuck your pack on, let's go 30 Ks. And I, I, I like the personal <laughs> suffering. And I, I sort of liked, I guess I'm a bit sick in the head that I liked yeah. everyone suffering around me as well. And, you know, just the bitching and moaning and all the yeah. rest of it. And I'm like, fuck, come on. And, and, but the accomplishment at the end of it, and, you know, you, you, you that mateship and all the rest of it with your mates, um, you know, I made some friends for, for life, I guess, in mm. that sense that the shit, some of the shit you go through. And um, I remember on our, the end of our infantry course, we had to dig in in a place in Queensland and it fucking rained non-stop and you had to dig in. So be like three three metres, oh, sorry, not three metres, about two metres deep and like full old school like they would have done back in the, the day. You're pretty much on your, yeah, you're yeah, pretty much yeah. on your guts the whole time for three yeah. days just digging through the whole night and um, and you got sleeping in and the rest of it. But it rained that much that it flooded. So every morning you, we couldn't sleep in there. You had, it would be up to your nipples just in water. Fuck, the salt. We did it for like 10 days and I lost, like everyone lost all their like toenails and you got trench foot and oh, all the rest fuck. of it. Yeah. Like, there was just clumps so of... trench foot came in that, that quickly? Yeah. Jesus. We, we were saturated. Like we were not dry for 10 days, non-stop. Yeah. And I guess I guess because you just, what do you think about you sitting in the bath for yeah. just yeah, an yeah. hour? Yeah. We were like that for 10 days and then the friction, I guess you're walking and things like that and... Um, and your boots aren't, would you say they're <laughs> comfortable boots? I, oh, don't. I actually didn't mind the army. Yeah, Heaps okay. of boys would buy other boots and yeah. stuff like that. But for yeah. some reason, I didn't mind him. I didn't have too many dramas. Like, you have clumps of skin hanging off your feet and all the rest of it. But I don't yeah. think it didn't matter what fucking boots you wore back then. Um, that, yeah, so did that and that, that, that was all good. And I was still just a bit lost in what I wanted to do. So I started talking to my um, one of the army bosses back here and he was just like, let's just put you on some courses so back then, I still I don't know what it's really like now, but you could sort of just pick and choose. And if you had a good um, like sergeant or warrant officer at your training depot just here in Wollongong, mm. they just put you on shit. So I was going away for like three months. I go to a mortar course and I go to a DFSW direct fire support weapon course, so like all your machine guns and things like that. Then we'll send you on a transport course, and I ended up doing that for nearly probably two years. That I was just going here. For, I'd live in Townsville for three months and I yeah. come back and then yeah, I go to yeah. South Australia and then I come back and they go to Victor. Like sweet. I didn't really have. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So you yeah. could sort of just, he could pick stuff or you just go as an enemy party to the special forces guys for a little bit, probably not recommended because they just ragdolled you and threw you around. <laughs> and shit, you know, yeah. It was pretty cool to see that, like, that some of the stuff they do and stuff as well. Um, Is it, can you tell the difference in levels like? From a good soldier to? From the SAS guys to where you were oh, coming yeah, just from. The way they, just the way they operate yeah. and stuff like that. Well, you're just like, holy fuck. They just live and breathe it. Like yeah. And even as I, as I went through, I reckon that's where I started looking at and I'm like, this isn't like, 
they're getting a woody over doing like you know just your drills with your weapon and stuff yeah. like that i couldn't even go on the range because i just wanted to quickly pass and get the fuck out of there yeah, so it yeah, kind of yeah. sounds like you wanted to just do all the, the training like, yeah just yes. <laughs> yeah like and that's like people ask now and they watch like sas australia and all this sort of stuff and i'm no chappelle got all, yeah i've got all this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so she can join <laughs> i got all the i got re- a lot of the respect for what they do but i guess oh, yeah. if you're not passionate about it yeah then at some stage, that's going to give in and go. Well, why the fuck am I here? Well, yeah, I think absolutely. that goes with any job, really. It if you're is, not passionate it? about it, you're going to. Even yeah. if you're good at it, it doesn't matter. Like I was a good chef, but I couldn't give a fuck about no. it. You know, like it was yeah. just because I was good at it doesn't mean it's something I should do for the rest no. of my life. You know, that's right. So I was a bit lost in in, in what I wanted to do, and I did that for. Any more of these? Yeah, there's one more. You got to enjoy that. Yeah. So I did that for a couple. Of, like did that for a fair bit, and then I um, I, st- I still wasn't sure what I what I wanted to do, and then um. Uh, I came back for a summer and I said to me mate um, he was worked at a car yard in town um, Matty Felders I don't know if you remember him but he, oh, he I just rang him up and I said oh, can, you, can you give me a job like I don't, I don't want to be a car salesman but fuck I don't know give me something yeah, just yeah, over yeah. summer and because um, I just you know there wasn't any army courses over that period of time and stuff and he was like yeah yeah I'll just just cut, wash a couple of cars and deliver some cars and stuff like that and I was like yeah sweet surf and do that whatever and then um yeah, I, I came into the office one day. I did it for like two months or whatever, and he was like, oh, filling out some paperwork. So what are you doing? And he goes, oh, his old man worked at, at Long Bay and he'd been there you know, for, forever. And I said, oh, oh, feel it, got a spare one? I'll just fill that out too, eh? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. I, I had no fucking idea what I was doing. So I filled the paperwork out, chucked it in. Yeah. And then um, I think it was about a week later, we went and done the testing, and it was pretty similar to, to the military, all your, you know, your psych test and all your... Yeah. Um, like your maths and English stuff and your all your other testing and that and I didn't really I just didn't really think anything of it I was just like fuck whatever like, I don't know I was just living at my nans and just cruising like I'd Sweet. been away for here I just had no ties to whatever and then um, it was probably yeah maybe another two weeks after that I was away on a course actually I, was, I went away on another driving course with the army I got a phone call and they said oh can you come in for an interview and lucky I was I just got back and I said to my warrant officer so can I have a day's leave I need to go to this interview and it was Funny enough that he used to be a prison officer back in oh, years shit, ago. Did he really? he was, yeah. yeah, before he was in the army and he goes, Yeah, yeah, you're gonna be a little screw off you go. Like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So I was pretty lucky in that sense. It sort of just all aligned. And I went yeah. and did the test did the test and uh, interview. Yep, sweet, no worries. And then probably two weeks later. So in a range of probably maybe four to six weeks. And the next minute I'm doing three months at the Brush Farm Academy, which is I guess like the Goulburn Police Academy equivalent yeah, to yeah. the to the jail system up at up at Eastwood at Ride there, and um, and I'm like, hmm, sitting in my dorm, and I'm like, how yeah, the fuck this happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was a couple of dudes there from like Moree and all over the place that had, had come to do this training, and they're like, oh, how long have you been trying to get in, this and that? And I said, oh, I just filled some paperwork out a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I know if I wanted to do this. I didn't yeah. even know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> yeah. like, and he's like, man, I've been trying to get into this for like three, four years, you know, blah, yeah. blah. And I'm like, um, mm, I think <laughs> that's a bit because of a you had that military written on there, because Eddie went the same path. Yeah, um, yeah, straight okay. into the straight prison system. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think because it's paramilitary and, and, you know, you've, you've got to have that certain discipline and all the, all the traits that, that, you know, you're taught within the military. And after I went through the academy and, and got put at Long Bay, you'd, there was a lot of ex-military guys that, you know, that we um, that, that were there. And then because that's when I went on, well, I sort of was in between. We did this stuff. Back then there was this stuff, uh, what was it called? RRF, which is like Ready Reserve Force with the Army. So you'd have to yeah. do... So I was like in between, I guess it was still reserves, but you're in between. You had to do more than a standard, you know, to be a reserves. I think you only have to do two weeks and 
couple of, I don't know, pretty bare minimum. But to that, you had to sign a contract and you got an extra 10 grand tax-free at the end of the year or whatever if you yeah. did maybe 180 days or something. Like it was a pretty significant amount wow, of days yeah. or whatever it was. So you're sort of in between. That's when back then, you know, we had so many guys in Afghanistan, Iraq, and I guess they were worried that they need backup numbers and all the rest of it. Yeah. So we did that and then I was at the jail and then – that ended up getting a call up and we so we went to the Solomon Islands just doing peacekeeping stuff. For, oh, mad. So I'd only been at the jail maybe two years. Yeah. But there was six. Yeah, there ended up being six different prison officers from different jails. Another guy from my jail. There's a guy from Bathurst and things like that. So there was like, there was a, considering that there was only 180 of us in the whole of Australia from this, you know, they got yeah, to yeah. take send us on these peacekeeping missions. Six of them were prison officers. Wow. <laughs> And there was, How's yeah, the Solomon Islands? That'd be interesting. Well, I place. thought I was going for a holiday. You don't hear about shit like in the news and stuff like that. No. I, I asked me sergeant. I was checking out surf spots. There was this place called Gizo Island and it had this mad left hander and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, can I take me? Can I take, take me board? Yeah. Can I take me board? And he was like, are you fucking kidding? And I'm like, well, why you, not? You don't hear yeah. about shit in the like, no. Like, you don't hear anything. You no. go there for a holiday, and he's like, no, there's like bad shit happening. And I'm like, oh. I guess I won't take me board then. Right? <laughs> they probably got boards over there, surely. Be <laughs> <laughs> able to find one. What Wait, was? The, I don't remember the Solomon Island piece. I think we're still. I think we're still there. Yeah, what was kicking off there? I can't. Oh, I had a lot of just. There's a lot of just unrest, like political unrest yeah. within there, and I guess it's similar to East Timor. We're trying to keep, you know, corrupt government. Is it? Yeah. Well, at one stage, I know we worked like we did some Overwatch over the prison, and I'm like, well, why are we doing Overwatch over the prison? They're like, oh, because a couple of years ago they just went in, they just let them all out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some guy knew blah blah and they just even like we'd rock up because we really were there just to help I guess the co- the federal coppers but mm. then um, and I guess we've got you know big, the army's got bigger guns and all the rest of it but you'd use you'd help the local police guys just to just extra manpower in that sense yeah so we'd go out and it could be just domestic violence stuff or whatever but the problem is you'd say alright we're, we're going to go out to this police station meet you at 10 o'clock or whatever we'd get out there we'd be fucking waiting like two and a half hours yeah. where is he and he comes in he's been out for a swim island <laughs> time where you been man he's like yeah. Oh, yeah. and then also I'll always go to another job and you're like where's your uniform and he goes oh Jones he wanted to borrow it you know fuck. so we just let him take it for the day <laughs> like, he's not even a copper and he's like yeah I know that's funny you know, it's, I'll just, that relax yeah, yeah, yeah. island yeah. time I remember time. in uh, Brazil and we met this, paid this guy all this money to go watch some fucking soccer and that. And he's like, yeah, I'll pick you up at this time. Game starts like this time. And we're sitting in this pub waiting on this dude like an hour late. Like just going, where the fuck is this guy? He rocks up. Hey, yeah. <laughs> amigos. And he, we're like, what's going on? And he's like, don't worry about it. You're on holiday. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah the game's <laughs> half over. Yeah, yeah we, we got there at <laughs> half time. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. Nah. He was so chilled. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah, I know we're getting uh, a, a kind of kind of friend. I know works for DFAT, and he's I think he might be in the Solomons, always over Vanuatu. So, so there's a whole push, you know, because China's um, doing a lot of development that over there at now, and Australia's saying, "Hold up, fucking that's our our patch," you know. Well, so we're getting over there. Well, and, that, and I guess that's where it's come from. We did some intel stuff on just watching, you know, some ships come in and just they'll just forest and you know just. Chopping everything down, and there's mm. some backhanders going here. Oh, and some bad just, shit going on. Just stuff yeah. disappearing, yeah. and and I guess that's you know that presence of us being there is for that reason as yeah. well. But um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a cool experience, I guess. For the first part, we were like, you know, and it was only funny. I was talking to a, one of my mates; his wife's in the army now, and we we're talking about deployments and stuff like that. She's done plenty more than I have, but 
Um, I was like, oh, I remember the first two months. I was like, fuck yeah, this, you know, we're doing good, we're keen as the rest of it. And then the middle two months was like, oh, fuck yeah, yeah. And the last two months, I was like, get me the fuck home. Yeah. Like, yeah what yeah. are we doing here that's going to be the same no matter what? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, you don't make a difference, eh, hey, nah, really? No, nah, nah, we're just sort of babysitting the whole time. Nah. Like, yeah. People have to sort their own shit out. That's what they do, man. Yeah, like Colombia. It's fucking yeah. sort your shit out. Have you seen what's going on over there? No. They're chucking cocaine at everyone. <laughs> no, they've they've um, turned the internet off in Cali. Oh yeah. There's there's murders every day. Can you day. turn the internet off? Well, they've you blocked can, out. I suppose, well, yeah. I guess they not with the, the government. Yeah. So the government's Pablo, fucked them. Pablo wouldn't have done that. No, no. he probably would have given more cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he but that would have chilled them the fuck. Four hundred four hundred arrests nationwide so far. There's the cops are murdering people. They want, yeah, yeah. So the the government's cut the money, I believe, for COVID relief, and like they can't support their families at all as it is. So they've gone and protested, and out come and the, the cops. The shooting them. Yep. Che Guevara's got to jump come back bad. sometime, mate. Viva yeah. Colombia. Viva Colombia. Someone will turn up, and well, nothing's happened. It's been out. a couple of weeks, but people are, like the Colombians are protesting in um, Sydney. Yeah, Jesus Christ. And it's yeah. hard because we're never going to understand their culture and the way they live. Like we, even when we were over there, like we, were, we got flown out to this area and they'd never seen white people before. They thought we were ghosts and stuff, you know? Like they just, <laughs> wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's just, we had a Papua New Guinea guy and a, a Tongan, like as a, a linguist and stuff like that. And we went out there on this job, these, these guys had stolen a machine gun off the New Zealand Navy boat and all the rest of it, these oh, militia and shit like that. They got a machine gun, haven't they? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Well, they, don't, they, don't yeah. any, they don't anymore because they stole it. That was a fucking it. machine gun. <laughs> that was our one machine gun. <laughs> and they um, were out there trying to, you know, find these this militia and all the rest of it. And I remember um, we went to this village and our boss, our lieutenant's in there talking to him and he's doing his thing and blah, blah. And we're not really getting any info. And the Papua New Guinea guy just walks through and he goes, well, can I have a chat with him? And his name was Killer. That was his dad's name. He's a killer. Wow. Call you kid yeah. Killer. Yeah, no worries. We met another guy. His name was Deadly. <laughs> was fucking fucking awesome. Two dudes. Killer and Deadly. Put them on me fucking team. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, my mum would have called me Daisy because I was yeah. shooting, shooting <laughs> shit. Yeah. But anyway, fucking good old Killer walks over there and he's like, oh, yep. It was like, yep. And my boss comes back over and we're standing there. Next minute, he's got a fucking lighter. He's going to torch their, fucking torch their huts and stuff. Oh, oh fuck. Yeah. I start yelling all this information at him. Comes over and he goes, see? He goes, that. That's, it, that's the way we do it. Killer. And like he understands, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just the way that, <laughs> and my boss is like, fuck, we can't do this. Imagine if the Australian government's on the front page of the paper that we're burning villages down and all the rest of it. Like fucking platoon or some <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. But, but these guys used to come out and they'd have, we'd get on, they'd drop us in the chopper and stuff and they'd just take their boots off and they're in there, th- they just walk around barefoot and stuff and fuck. Yeah. It's different culture like you said. Nice but, place though, solemn oh, nice. Be- like, beautiful, some of the, um, some of the like, especially the islands, untouched, like where we would have went and stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. fucking a hot prick of a place. Yeah, it was just, yeah. Yeah. When was that? Two thousand and two thousand eight. I went. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, there's a funny. There's a dude in our. There's a dude. So I was a scout, and my best mate was a scout too. And we um. Then there would have been like we we're in this riverbed walking up through this thing, and this is you know not that it was anything like the Iraq or anything like that, but we <laughs> got up this riverbed and we we'll, we. We'll, we'll, we were as serious as I guess it could get for us there, chase looking for these guys and all the rest of it. And now our, um, our section commanders, you know, blah blah blah, saying to Sheeny, who has our comms guy, we got to call in our you know location, all the rest of it. Sheeny, Lockstat, blah blah, and he's telling him. 
We dead set. We all turned around. This fucker could sleep anywhere, man. He was sleeping, standing up, <laughs> leaning against the river. He was in the creek, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had to wake him up and shit. Like any time we got to sleep, you'd say, he, we, we woke him up one day back at base and a rat that had eaten half his fucking shirt off the side of his thing while he was asleep. Fucking hell. Like, he slept yeah. through fucking anything. <laughs> Anything I had, so, and I'm shit when it comes to that. I could even yeah. all the training we used to do. If you get like 20 minutes, and they'd go, "All right, boys, bags down, packs down, all the rest of it, you can chill out." Heaps of dudes could just bang. Sheeny, Sheeny just put his arm out, fuck, sleep on his arm. That was his pillow. Yeah, but, Fuck. Talking about, we were talking earlier about trench foot and things like that. Dead set pulled his boot off. And the medic came around to us one day, and um, he wanted to check our feet and all the rest of it. And we we're pr- pretty vigilant over there because, you know, you, you pretty much live on your feet so much. Yeah. yeah. He dead set, took his soul off his foot and the, and his whole soul came oh, as like an inner soul man. In the soul. Like oh. The whole thing. Like it was just one big whole sheet. Like his oh, shit. And he's like, oh. And they're like, when did you take, well, we'd been out there for like He two, hadn't taken two, his shoes off. He didn't take his shoes off once. Fucking hell. I was taking mine now for 10 times a day and I'm putting in the sun and shit. Yeah, one yeah. The time and stuff out, like yeah. He's just like, yeah, just... Oh, yeah. He's a lawyer or something now. Like, he's a smart <laughs> dude. And I'm like, fuck. fuck about your feet, but like, <laughs> tough as just nails. Just got stumps. Yeah, yeah. Tough as nails, but just, yeah. Fucking That's hell. insane. I did that once when I was a teenager. What? Well, I, just, well, no, I had my basketball shoes on that and I was just being fucking lazy and I didn't take them off for three days and it was raining and shit like that. And then I took them off. The craters, like it was oh, not the, quite that bad, yeah, but yeah. the cracks the, and the shit. The cracks go so deep, man. Yeah. It was fucking awful. But it taught me. To look after my feet. You have to yeah, look after If your mum feet. had said, take your shoes off and all that shit, I never would have appreciate my feet. I do yeah. now. Yeah. Look uh, after those fucking things. Yeah, Probably my biggest wild. war wounds from, from the Solomon Islands. I got my wisdom teeth ripped out while we're over there. That's a shit thing though. I don't... Never never been sore. So they check them before you go and shit. All the army yeah. goes through it, all the rest of it. Yeah. And I started getting these fucking headaches and all the rest of it. So they sent me out to the dentist, which is pretty much in a demandable on, on base or whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to rip the top two ones out. We'll leave the bottom bottom ones in. I'm like, oh, when are we going to do that? Tomorrow? All right, sweet. So we go in there, take me in. She's like, oh, we don't really have – we can't, like, put you under or anything like that. We'll just put some numbing gel on there. Oh, sh- numbing gel. Yeah. We just sliced yeah. it. And just Bit of vaso. Hey, yeah, got this chick with a fucking foot on yeah. Yeah. Set of pliers, pulls them out. Yeah, but the best thing is – we don't have to stop the bleeding, so we just give you. She gave me two tampons. <laughs> just, just bit on two tampons. I walk oh, out, and the boys. Hell. We had to patrol back to where we were. <laughs> you got two. Out, the boys oh, are looking at me. He's got two out. strings hanging out of me. We were like, "What the fuck's going on here?" <laughs> it was a big night. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I think if I ever had, well, I can't now because I got to pull it out. But I think I'd just rather put up with it. Why? Getting them pulled out. Oh yeah, but fucking hell. It, the but d- bad, but when they go, mine were rotten. And oh, yeah. Fucking yeah, I didn't get that bad. Yeah. Oh, I got the other two pulled out when I came back, but I still mm. reckon, yeah, maybe because me uh, wasn't <laughs> probably the best when I got them pulled out over there, but I'm, yeah, they're all done now. So how did you get, so you went to your screw, how did you get into triathlons? So I sort of, actually when I went, so I was at the jail and then um, <clears throat> before I went away to the Solomons, I read some book, I was at work and, um, and I read this thing about triathlons and I, I'd never done never knew much about it I remember at Dapter High there was this one guy Ryan Park he's a politician now I know Ryan and, yeah um, yeah yeah he was back then I was like this bloke's a weapon all I knew is he did triathlons yeah, didn't well. know anything else about it but I was like this is I didn't know he did triathlons yeah oh, back when yeah. he was younger he was he was, yeah. he was good and yeah. um run swim ride swim bike run yeah yep okay in that all, is I don't it? Know what you just did that really fucking confused <laughs> yeah. me. But it was the same, but yeah. so you start with a swim, swim, then bike, and then run. Okay, how long's the swim? 
Uh, it depends on the distance. So there's four different distances. So when it's, when you start out, I guess, when most people start out, you do a 750 swim, 20K bike, 5K run. Yep. Probably take about an hour, I guess, of the, the quicker guys. Then you do an Olympic, which is the Olympic distance, which is at the Olympics, and that's exactly double that. So 1.5K swim, 40K bike, 10K run. Yep. Uh, and then you go to a half Ironman distance, or 70.3 they call it, because it's 70.3 miles. So you do 1.9K swim, 90K bike, 21K run. And then a full Ironman, which is 3.8K swim, 180K bike, 42K, a marathon. A marathon at the end of it. And that's not silly to you? Like, (laughs) that sounds fucking (laughs) way too far. Yeah. Fuck me. So so when I started, I I didn't really know much about it. I just said to my mate, Luke, like Toxic, I said to him before. And I was big, well, not big, but I was... Just ripping into weights, putting some juice in Toxic, trying to keep him big and all the rest of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't want to be small at the jail. I was probably the yeah. biggest I'd ever been. I was about 94, 95 kilos. Fuck, I couldn't run 500 metres. I was getting shin splints and shit. And I didn't want to get ragged old so bad. Like if I was doing – I did some immediate action team stuff, which is all sounds pretty cool at the rest of it at the jail and all that. But it was, it, it, it was what it was, was, it was. But I just was like, oh – um, I can't just be big and then it's not really functional either. Yeah, like I was yeah, getting yeah. puffed out putting my shoes on and shit. There's the least <laughs> amount of cardio I've ever done in my life. And, uh, yeah, and I, I said to Toxic, oh, I want to come back because, you know, I'll be cashed up from being overseas. I said, oh, I'm going to spend like I'm gonna spend like two grand on a bike, man. And he was like, fuck, I'm not doing that. But if you come back, he goes, I'll swim and ride with you. But, yeah, he goes, hey, I'm not running. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. not running. <laughs> well, the whole time I was gone, because I was gone for nearly a year by the time we do pre-deployment and all the rest of it. Shit. It doesn't say anything to me. He lost about 15 kilos while I was gone. He's just been running. He'd already done, he'd already done two fucking triathlons. Oh, yeah. fuck. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be right because, you know, my best mate yeah. wants to, you know. Get a leg yeah, up yeah. before you get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did. So yeah. I came back and, he, and he, I said, oh, you know, I, I spent, I came back and I spent two and a half grand on a bike or whatever. And again, I, back then I thought that was a lot. And I was, and um, I remember I bought my bike and then I did the Australia Day Aquathon down here at, oh, yeah, at, at the yeah. harbour. And I, I didn't lack confidence. I'd done a couple of laps in the pool and I'd surfed and stuff. And I thought, oh, fuck, I'm all right at this. And I remember there was like guys in – I didn't know then, but there's guys that go to the Olympics and shit that come to this stuff. And I was oh, like – Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I didn't know. I lined up next to them. I'm like, oh, they, they look pretty fit. I fucking – I'll beat this dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I, was, I was in the fucking another world. Anyway. And so I think the, aqu- the, the aquathon was like 900-metre swim and 7K run. Yeah. I dead set was 300 in breaststroking. Going, what the fuck have I done? I hadn't even done a triathlon yet. I was like, yeah, yeah. and in my head, I'm doing breaststroke. Going, I'm gonna have to sell me bike. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even done one. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You're fucking kidding yourself. Who the fuck do you think you are? Like, yeah. ego went from here to here yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I did my first triathlon with Luke down at Huskisson. Um, 750 swim, 20k bike, 5k run, and he, he dust absolutely dusted me by I don't know five minutes or something like that, but. I wouldn't say I was right at the back. I think I was last out of the water. I was yeah. definitely... Mm. So that wasn't your strong sweep? No, nah, definitely not. Still isn't. Um, but I guess I felt comfortable in the water just from surfing so much. Yeah. But I was just pretty shit at swimming. Yeah. Um, Technique? Compared to... Was it? Yeah, and just time in the water. And, like, I didn't know what to try... Like, I'd run a lot in the army and stuff. So I yeah. guess the running was an okay... Well, not a strength, but I ran okay naturally. Mm. Um, but... Put especially, but then put it all together. You could be the best runner, and you, if you've got a you know yeah. belt yourself for twenty k on a bike, totally changes it. So yeah, yeah. I did that, and I, and I was a bit like oh, and, and that was enough. That I did that. He beat me, obviously, and then I was like, 
all right, I just got to get better at this shit. And then I didn't care. <laughs> I did one and I was like, oh, originally I was like, oh, I'll, I want to be fit. You know, I'm still working at the jail. I want to get too small. You know, half these guys look like they've got AIDS that, that race and shit. Like yeah. they're tiny, you know, they're yeah, pretzels. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I did one, <laughs> one, and that was it. I didn't give a fuck what it looked like. Yeah, I got to beat Toxic, and so then it was I just, and I would start beating people. Just because you had a vendetta against Toxic, that oh, not so you much wanted that. to get into but, it. But that's why I, wanted, I wanted to beat him. He yeah, was, he was my first in the line to, to catch, I guess. <laughs> and um, and he'd give it to me as well. Oh yeah, how'd you go? For, oh yeah, five minutes. I already had a shower and stuff by the time we finished and all the rest of it. Like, so your best mate should. Yeah. And then, um, I think it was the next year, and then we. But we, we had no fucking idea. We'd just go for a swim. We'd rock up after work and go, what do you want to do? Oh, fuck, I don't know. We'd just go for a bike ride, I guess. Like, yeah. we're just doing whatever. Yeah. And then we, we did a race up at um, Maitland and we met this guy and he said, oh, well, you should get a coach. I'm from Wollongong as well. Blah, blah, blah. This is the coach. His name's Mark Scott. So we started with him. And then um, uh, he said to us, oh, you, you know, <laughs> it's funny. He tells us a story that he goes, you know, Toxie's got his sleeve and all the rest of it. And he goes... I thought you were bikies taking the piss when you yeah. come in to see us. Because he goes like, you aren't typical triathletes. Look at this guy yeah, yeah. that fucking works at the jail. This other guy's <laughs> jack, jacked off his head, you know. Like, what, what the fuck are these guys yeah. doing doing triathlon? And I guess I remember some guy was tapping on Toxic's feet at one of these first races and he abused this dude and nearly punched on with him and all the rest of it. And then my coach was like, Real what was he doing? Tapping on his this feet. This guy was like Toxic was swimming and he was holding on to like oh. it's easy to drag off someone's feet and he must have touched his feet too many times okay. or something. And when they got out of the swim entry, this older dude got up, the fuck are you doing, man? Blah blah blah. And Toxic's like, come on, like, you know. And then after it we're talking about how did your race go? This no, like, Toxic, oh, I've done it and punch on with this dude, and blah blah. And my, coach, <laughs> my coach is sitting there going, Oh fuck, what have I got myself into? <laughs> So, um, yeah, I guess we're probably a little bit more outspoken than what he was used to as well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But um, and then yeah, he said, or oh, maybe give an Olympic distance a, a, a try, so double that distance. And there was, I remember our first one. We, we went to Canberra, and I was like, the swim from seven fifty to one and a half. I was like, man, that is fucking massive. Like, mm. Yeah. And I still wasn't a strong, you know. I was still, the swim was my weakest still, and I was still like. Wow. Anyway, we did all right. I think we came back then, like the, maybe came thirteenth in my age group and toxic. We're in the same age group. Oh no, who's in the one below or whatever? Anyway, we did. We did okay. My coach said, "Oh, you can probably make the amateur Australian team. They pick. You got to do three races." So I think we went somewhere else. We went to Tasmania, did this race and blah blah blah, and we, we got selected. And I was in two thousand and ten, and he was like, "Oh, um, the world championships were in Budapest, and um, and our other good mate." Cato, younger guy, he was like, oh, I'll just come with you. I don't even do triathlon, but he's like, fuck, I'll yeah, I'm going to Europe. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, my, my, my girlfriend at the time, she was born in Europe and stuff like that. She's like, oh, I've got no interest going. You just go with the boys for six weeks and go race. So me and, me and Toxic got real, real keen as. We didn't drink for six months and we thought, well, fucking, you know, we're going to conquer the world and all the rest yeah. of it. We're weapons, you know. And, um, we, we, you know, we trained pretty hard for it. And I remember we arrived in Frankfurt. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, might as well have a Stein. We're in fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So having a beer at 10 o'clock in the morning. We hadn't had a beer for six months leading into it. Oh, we were no, like, oh, I see fuck. trash. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we, we, it was good. We, we just had to be in – we got to um, – flew into Frankfurt. We had a race that I'd looked up on. You just Google it, drop it. You know, you could just Google different triathlons or whatever. And um, there was one in Dresden in Germany and there was one in Bled in Slovenia and then there was one in um, – the World Championships were in Hungary. So we didn't really need to be anywhere and we just knew we were flying home from Amsterdam six weeks later. Sweet. So we just got in the car and we just went around and raced and we had – well, so I look back now after, you know, I've done probably maybe eight trips there now, like, but 
we were so green in a sense that we'd just get in the car and, and even going to races yeah. and shit. Like I crashed out in the first race in the rain and then we went to this other race. Um, oh, no, the first race was all right. Actually, that was the first race when we went to Germany. That was the first race I beat Toxic. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, yeah, was, yeah. that was the end of the – that was the demise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turn the tables. Yeah, that was it. That was, we, we changed after that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so he hasn't beaten you since? Uh, we haven't raced for it. He doesn't, he doesn't really uh, do much. But we, we did for a, a little bit then and then um, – uh, we did world champs. We were in different categories and stuff like that, but I can't even remember. I don't know whose time was quicker or whatever it was. But then, um, like we, it was just a good trip to just, I guess, touch base a little bit with with triathlon. But it was good to see the world. And then we we came back and um, 2011, uh, we were training. We we're going to go to China. It was the world championships, and I was like, oh, that's the progression to what China. It was in Beijing, the World Championships were, yeah. World, world Amateur Championships? Yeah. yeah, so yeah, still, yeah. Still that was the run and the bike yeah, it would, be, would have been humid as anything. So and, and the smoke. pollution. Jesus Christ. Oh, it would have been, it would have been hor- yeah, horrific. Like smoking a packet of cigarettes <laughs> when you're fucking doing it. You don't get a water at, in, tra- in the aid station, you just get a Marlboro Red or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. But, yeah, we trained up for that and I was like, oh, I'll try and – um. You know, I think I came 34th in my age group or something back then. I just, I didn't even think about going pro, but I just wanted to get get better, better I guess. At, I was yeah. still at the jail and all that sort of stuff. And then um, I got T-boned by a car probably oh, th- maybe a couple of months before. And I still had to do a qualifying race. I did it with, a, I just, I was pretty lucky. I just well, got you, a couple of broken ribs and stuff. You were in your car or on your bike? No, I was on pushy and a guy, oh, I'll, I'll do T-boned me and I just went, I went through the windscreen and all the rest of it. <laughs> oh, I, don't know shit, how I, I don't know how I came off all right, but I remember coming to, to training a couple of days later and I looked at my coach and I was telling, I showed him pictures and shit. And he's like, I hit it that hard, like on his front guard. So he fully mm. came around. I just went straight through his front guard into his windscreen, but I must have hit his bonnet first. Mm. I broke two of his um, engine mounts off his full block of his, <laughs> like Holy his car was a right off. Fucking hell. And, and um, yet, what did you get? Two I broken got, ribs. A couple of broken ribs and just a bit of bark off me. Fuck I don't know. Yeah, how. No, what are you made out of? I, 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 <laughs> Titanium, man. <laughs> I was so lucky. And I remember coming to train him one day and I was like, I said to my coach, I said, oh, man versus machine. <laughs> yeah, man wins. And he's like, I don't think you understand how, like, you'd been doing the sport a lot longer than me. And, you, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, sadly, it was probably maybe about three months after my accident, he did a big race in, in Cairns and came back and we, we'd been training. And I, I was with the group and, he must have, he, he texted me that morning and said, oh, I'll meet you at the coffee shop that we'd normally meet at. I'm just going to do a smaller loop. I'd done this big race or whatever. And we're coming back and um, uh, this this guy, Rarilla Maccas, will stop them. We're coming back towards Primby and stuff like that. And he said, oh, watch out, boys. You know, he's a junky looking dude. And I was like, oh, here we go. And he was, I thought he'd just give us a mouthful about being cyclists or something. Yeah. And um, and he and he's like, oh, one of your boys got, got hit just up the road. You know, just take it easy. And I was just like, oh, yeah, just thinking of another cyclist. But we all sort of have a uniform that we wear and mm, things like that. Yeah, and yeah. Maybe you'd recognise that, maybe you hadn't, but I didn't know and I just had a bad feeling. But again, like I wasn't a coach or anything like that, but I guess a group, not a group leader, but I guess I'd be the voice sometimes of the group, even when we're at training. My coach was very softly spoken and we'd be at like waiting to get to, all right, boys, fucking let's move, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls as well sort of thing. But he'd be, you know, this, and I'd look at the time and I'd just go, I'd say it because, yeah, you yeah. know, he had all the knowledge, but he was so, he was just a quiet guy. yeah. I was just maybe loud and arrogant or something. I don't know. So when we were there and we, we rode through the group and I just had this, we got up to near the golf course and we had to turn left because um, they'd already cut it off and they're putting all the numbers out and all the rest of it. And I was like, that's not a fucking good oh, sign. Oh, that's no. not a good sign at all. 
and we got back to the coffee shop and we still didn't know anything and then yeah one of the guys that um knows us through triathlon or whatever one of the coppers he came to the coffee shop and said oh your coach has been hit by mark's been hit by a car and blah 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 so um he was in hospital for probably about a year i reckon oh, uh, he, shit. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was in um what happened uh so car pretty much him and his old man were sitting next to each other and a, a car sort of undertaken in the i guess the left-hand lane because there's three lanes there and from from my knowledge he's sort of come under and there was a heap of sun and stuff like that and he's ran straight up the back of him hasn't but didn't break yeah. yeah just went pretty much and um mark's dad was on the inside and mark was yeah. on the outside and pretty much at the height <clears throat> of a telegraph pole flipping around and yeah. Fuck! So he's flying. Yeah, he got, yeah. got absolutely straight Holy through the wick. Just flipped him up and then pretty much landed on his head and um, shit. had to, you know, remove his skull and all this sort of stuff. And Fucking it was pretty, hell! Pretty full on and it rattled me a lot, I guess. And nothing compared to yeah. his family. He had a nine-month-old boy at the time and his wife and stuff like that. So um, I didn't go on the road for a fair bit. We didn't know what was going to happen with him, and that sort yeah. of transitioned me into coaching. I sort of tried to keep the group together. Yeah. Um, just as a, a culture thing, I guess, and just, you know, we were training for races and it was a bit mm. all over the place at the time and um, Mark ended up getting moved to, he was in Liverpool um, for a fair while, which is the brain injury unit and stuff like that. But Yeah. What's was been, he in a coma then or? Yeah, so he was comatized and then, it, like, I, I don't know the specifics exactly, but we'd go visit him once a week and things like that. Um, but even to this day, so it's what, it'd be 10 years this year, 2011 that happened Shit. and he's been, he's pretty much semi-vegetated state I'd say like he can sort of communicate can't but he's still fed by a tube he's oh, in full shit. care like he's um so yeah that sort of um I guess still sits with me today but I guess mm. in a sense that sort of led me into coaching because we didn't really it sort of just fell through <clears> and we tried to keep the group together and then this guy um from Triathlon Australia rang me and said look Nathan I know you're sort of keeping them together we're doing a coaching course Look, we'll just just come on board. I just want to keep you, so you, I guess, insurance wise, you're safe yeah. just in case something happens to whatever. And I just think it would be it would be good for you if you don't want to follow through with it, but just I'll, I'll look after you. So, um, Triathlon Australia put me through my coaching course and stuff like that. And then I guess that slowly built up. Still not knowing, I spoke to his family a fair bit about you know that was his passion and all the rest of it. And I didn't know if he, if he'd recover, then you know we could yeah. work something out or or whatever. It was a bit of a you know. So I tried to do it the best way I could and. Mm. Um, yeah, and then I, I I slowly that was 2011, so I didn't compete because I didn't go overseas because a lot of us were just rattled by the whole yeah, situation. And then um, that probably sparked a bit of fire in me as well, just to be. We talked about maybe you know I had this dream about getting a few of us and having a little pro team and all the rest of it, and it was a bit different back then. But going to race overseas in Asia and things like that in the shorter stuff. Mm. Um, and then I was still swimming pretty shit, but you had to swim pretty good in those sort of in the shorter <laughs> races. So. Uh, 2012, I made the made the team again. I was a bit of, I was, but I'd taken it way more serious. I started working like with my wife as a sports psych. We started. How did how did that start out? Like, were you like going, "What's this fucking voodoo shit? This ain't going to work." Oh, or were you or were you kind of like, "Oh yeah, that might." No, I did actually. Funny you say that. I did a qualifying race. We do some talks now with kids and stuff, and I still talk about the story. I did a race in Geelong, and it was my one of my qualifiers to go, and I thought. I'd started getting better. Like I'd finished, I think, 35th, I think, in the first world champs and the, ne the next one obviously I didn't go. And this one I was like, oh, maybe I'll I'll start getting towards, you know, top 10 maybe or the rest of it. But I should be qualifying in Australia at least, you know, yeah, top yeah. five or podium if I want to be towards that overall in the yeah. whole world. And I remember I was sitting about fifth at this race in Geelong and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was about 8K, so 2K left to run. 
and I was and this guy come up to me and I I thought I was mentally strong, you know. I'd done a little bit with the army and bits yeah, and pieces yeah, yeah. and just yeah, I'll, I'll be right. I'll smoke this guy. And he come up next to me, and then I was like, "Oh no, my foot's a little bit." All the excuses start coming. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. And Mum's slowly, sick. Yeah, like car yeah, didn't start yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slowly, he went off and stuff, you know. And then, yeah. and then I come into the finishing shoot. Another guy come up to me, and I was like, "Usually got a pretty good bit of a burst." Yeah, I've usually yeah. got a big good sprint on me and stuff. And then I was just like, oh, "I started sprinting with him a little bit." I'm like, "Ah, oh, fuck, you can have it." So I just sort of I faded two positions pretty quick, with mm. not you know. Really, just being piss piss weak, really. Yeah. And anyway, we're in the car, drove home from Geelong, and I was talking talking to my wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time about it. Driving home, and she's like, "Oh, talk, talk to me about your race, you know." Bob. I said, "Fuck, you don't know how to swim, bike, and run. You're just, you know." She's always been supportive, but yeah. doesn't she only yeah. learned how? She's European. She came here when she was sixteen. She only learned how to swim. She was twenty five. Like, yeah. like, what are you, you going to tell me? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh no. And Famous last <laughs> Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, talk me through your race." And I was like, I had no one to hide. No, yeah. You know, it didn't have to be. Yeah. Fucking, you know, machine Superman in front of everyone. So I was like, I, I told her everything. I told her, you know, that similar story. Cool. And about two months later, she's sitting there and she goes, oh, I'm doing, um, she was doing a thesis for it because she did a master's in sports psychology. And she's like, oh, listen to this. I've been doing some interviews and listen to these things. Anyway, she played this thing. And she goes, you'll probably like it as a triathlete. Anyway, plays it. I didn't know. But it was me, she recorded me in the car when we we're driving home that day. Oh, wow, she got you. Yeah, so yeah. she did so listen to this thing. I didn't even recognise my voice or anything. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking this and that. And she goes, "What do you reckon?" I said, "That dude sounds like a dick." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "What?" And I said, "Fuck, he's weak as piss." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do that shit, you know. Like, I'm just right. I'm riding myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she just dead set looked at me and she goes. Yeah, that's you, you dick. <laughs> and I went, oh, and she goes, I can help. And I was like, yeah, maybe you can. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, you yeah. can. So, um, yeah, and then we, we, we trained into this, the race in Auckland that I wanted to do. And we talked about visualization and just different things. I started keeping a diary, you know, things, little goals like before the race, uh, before my training, every, you know, after every training session, um, you know, talked to her and stuff. And that, about that time, when we when I'd made I think I qualified and then it was maybe like six months until the race was was on, um, <clears throat> I uh, had left the jail around the same time not long after the accident and I got a voluntary redundancy and I was just sick of travelling because my training had gone up I fell asleep at the wheel twice oh, what, yeah, what, yeah. You know, I was trying to do like a twenty k run at three o'clock in the yeah. morning get in the car drive up to the jail work eight hours get in the car come back and then I'd be doing hill repeats up and down Mount Campbell at nine o'clock I remember doing so you're living here and. Yeah, up to the jail. Yeah, and I was yeah. trying to do you know, fifteen oh, to twenty yeah, hours to of training plus your forty hours of work plus fifteen hours of travel and all the rest of it. I was just yeah, yeah you need sleep. Yeah, yeah one of them Fucking was one, one of them was on Mount Oosley going up and oh. ran, ran up the flatbed uh, up a flatbed truck. I just did three sixties. I had I had Matty Felvers the dude <laughs> bossing my car, yeah, and we uh-huh. both just. I don't know how it didn't hit anything, and then we turned the car back around because I was facing the wrong way. Just did full three sixties. Holy yeah. shit! Across the three lanes, and then I just drove to work. We got to work. Didn't say a word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was shaking. He was got to work, and he goes, "See the sabo." <laughs> <laughs> and then on the way home, we're like, "Fuck! What happened this morning?" Oh, I'm like, "Sorry, man. Fell asleep." Blah blah. And then it was only probably about another month, two months after that, I was living in Fig Tree or whatever, and I just went. I usually faced the other way of I had to go back I like, just had to chuck a Yui to get out of my street and I woke up and I was I ran over across the road's mailbox <laughs> <laughs> I was just sort of I was going right in down I was like fuck alright and rang up work I'm going sick like I, yeah. you know, I'm not, not coming 
And then, yeah, and I said to my, when I said, oh, I want to start taking it a bit more serious, I, I said to my, my girlfriend at the time, she was like, I'm just quitting then if you're not happy. So I was pretty lucky in the sense that then these voluntary redundancies came up and I left and the business grew and then I started taking triathlon a bit more serious. And then I was like, oh, I still didn't know if I, I wanted to be professional yet. I just wanted to get better, I yeah. guess. And then, yeah. um, yeah, we started doing some visualisation. So the business the is the triathlon yeah, so project, coaching? Project M, yep. which was Mark was the guy's was mark's name from okay yeah his business was called scott endurance and i i guess it was a project to me and project mark project miller it sort of just combined all together yeah, yeah so i was like oh yeah that, that's how we'll run yeah and um and look when i started there would have been only been a couple of us and i guess that's grown to 20 to 25 i'd coach people all over like people in luxembourg and stuff like that Fuck. people in queensland and um pair yeah, of the internet yeah a bit all, all over the place but yeah, when when the I guess Auckland, the where the world champs were probably um, that became the goal to just I thought I could podium. That was that was the goal. And then she said, Well if you're gonna be serious, like and you wanna have a, a good crack, well then start letting me do what I need to do and mm. I I um you know, I started seeing a, a, a nutritionist and yep. I sort of tried to cover all bases really. Um, what so, was your diet like before that? Oh, I never really ate real bad, I guess. Yeah. But you could get away with probably eating a bit of shit and you're not putting on weight because you're training so much eh? like but then yeah you're not i guess you, the don't right put, fuel. you don't put e10 in a ferrari at yeah. the same time either that's not right that yeah. ferrari but you know that <laughs> yeah. was my analogy in a sense of yeah. you know it'll still run all right yeah probably better than the average car but yeah. if that's you know and then not just that but your recovery and it's you know if you're eating shit to recover then it's just inflammation in your body and mm. yeah and you're only as good as your next session and because we do so much training you know we're training two or three times a day sometimes so what's your typical training day now like oh, i'll say back before the we'll keep going from where we are back, back then i was probably because i was working so much i was still probably trained 15 to maybe 18 hours max a week while i was working you know still yeah. full time i guess um and then yeah we started getting into you know visualization that i'd be sitting in the lounge room pretty much getting going through the whole race what the swim looked like and all the rest of them we could we could do that that i was sweating and all the rest of it for 50 minutes to an hour so nearly yeah. we could do that session for the what the race was going to take we thought it'd take maybe maybe an hour and that, no, sorry but are you visualizing you winning the race as no, well or no, is this just the actual process no, not of so much winning i guess so visualization to me when we first started i used to think it would be you know from a looking down at me yeah you know, like like what you yeah. play a game the movies in a way. and shit yeah, yeah but really it's what your eyes see so when we're talking about swimming yeah all i can see is water and then i can see my arm come in and then yeah. you know my stroke and all yeah. those sorts of things and and then on the bike i'm really visualizing all i can see is my hands you know what yeah. i mean so and I so this is bike. like your training because uh, we're guitar players and i know pieces that i like i've just learned this bark piece which is a pretty hard piece but I can sit here and visualize me playing it, and it's exactly like I've played it. Like, if, and it'll take me the same amount of time to play it. But I can, if I do that ten times a night, I can pick it up tomorrow, and I'll be heaps better at it. Mm. So the, there this is something in there's in something that, in it. You once you get good at it, so you're visualizing your strokes that they're all correct, and this is how you're going to run. Yeah, and just get, getting out of that ramp, running to your bike, seeing me bike, grabbing it. You know, thinking you see me shoes flopping around on me bike, jumping on, and then I'm. Just, just I guess the whole thing yeah. of going through that, and then I'd, I'd already looked at the bike course, what it'd look like on yeah. Google so you're visualising the, the actual, you know what it's going to look like as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then the day we did the race, so there's all different age groups. So like, you know, I was maybe fifth in the water, you know, because there was we leaving all five minute increments, and you sort of don't know where you are because sometimes you'd catch the wave in front if it's a longer swim and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Because you might have 
I don't know, the 60 to 65-year-old males five minutes ahead of you and stuff like that. So yeah. it was just a, it was a bit of a mixed match. Yeah. You've got a bit of an idea because usually have, on your bib you might have a different colour to others and stuff yeah. like that. But my thing was <coughs> I had a, I knew I had a good swim. I think I came out maybe seventh. I don't know, it was that long ago. But so I came out seventh and that was a fantastic swim for me. I just knew that I had a good swim. And then um, uh, the bike was my strength. And I, I remember I just rode, I just ride like I'm not even going to run, I guess. It's only 20K. Right, ride, and then not one person overtook me. I just remember overtaking a lot of people. Yeah, got on the run, and then I just ran. So you don't know where you were going re- into that not ride, really, because I was just so focused on me, and I didn't yeah. even look. Some people probably a bit more, you know, descriptive, and they'll look at like, oh, he's a colour. Yeah, he's another one on me. You know, things like that. Yeah, but yeah. I just, just I was going. just that worried about just myself, and that mm. focused on myself. That I was like, well, I, I can't, I can't put energy. Like if I even no, if I do, right. I'm just wasting energy, really. Yeah. Got on the run and I had a really good run and I ran down the finish shoot after then and I was that zoned out, like just in the in my own little world, went through and then you have a recovery tent or whatever, grabbed a few drinks, walk around, I saw my missus and she's crying and she's grabbing me, <laughs> hugging me and all yeah. the rest of it and I was like, how'd I go? <laughs> and she was dead, I dead, I dead didn't even know that I won. She goes, they called you over the speaker, you know, world champion, Nathan Miller, 25, 29 Fuck. age group and I was yeah, like... Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah, she's right. like, you fucking won. Like, and I was like, oh, that's sick. Like, I just didn't. Because obviously you, you run onto like they have a blue carpet and stuff yeah. like that. There might be 200 to go. They might be, there must be like a split, you know what I mean? Like on their timing thing that the commentator would look up and would say, because he wants to just, call, call yeah, all the world yeah. champions through. Because yeah. they, they, they have pro races on the day before and, you know, the Olympic gold medalists and all those sort of yeah. the, the good dudes and the under 23 elite guys and all the rest of it. So... I guess it's like about a five-day festival, so it's set up pretty well. But I just had – I was that zoned. I've never been – I don't think I've been in that zone ever again. That I was yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and then I said to her after, I remember my first words, I was like, that's – I'm a bit embarrassed. She's like, what do you mean? I said, it felt easy because I just think I was just zoned in. Like it just yeah, didn't feel, yep. feel hard. But I guess that's something I've learned over time that I look back at that now and I remember we went out that night and they have like a closing ceremony and they, you know, chuck you on the podium and – everyone for you know all over the world and blah 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 and we went to the casino after it and all the rest of it and i was like oh, put me medal in my pocket and all the rest of it. my missus was like fuck we've been working our asses off for this well you have but i've been here for the ride too like, yeah, yeah so she's wearing me medal getting free drinks and shit and like, <laughs> i was a bit like oh you know like it's not that you know and yeah trying to be humble yeah and we we went away for a, a week down to um just around the we're on the north island and we went traveling a little bit and i sort of just I didn't really acknowledge what we'd, I guess, accomplished in a way. And I was sort of just, oh, what's next? What's next? And yeah. I, I knew from that that you could qualify, I guess, <coughs> um, ask our federation for a professional license that I was the quickest in you know, my age group. And I guess you yeah. can't be like in the 60 to 65 age group asking for a pro license, but yeah. you're in that sort of cusp under yeah. under 35, I guess. And um, one of the guys in his 50s, he was always a bit of, still is a bit of a mentor to me, Mick Maroney, Susie Maroney, that was the, Oh, yeah, yeah. His, his, um, her, her brother. Her brother, yeah, she's a long-distance swimmer. Yeah, she swam from like Florida to Cuba. To Cuba, man, yeah. Met oh, the and everything. Oh, she swam the channel twice. That's mad. And she's yeah, fucking she, legit, man. Yeah, yeah. She's, so he used to be a professional triathlete and then some family things happened and he gave up his career to support her. Yeah. And... Um, he was just someone that I just bumped into races, and I just I just get a lot. I still get along with him to this day. And I said to him, I saw him at the race, and he said, "How'd you go, Nath? You know?" And I because I'd seen him at qualifying races, and he, he just wins his age group nearly every year. He's just a machine. And he's yeah. in his fifties or whatever. And um, and I, he said, "Oh, do you want to? What do you want to do with it?" And I said, "Oh, 
I'd like to, I think I want to go pro, but I'm, I don't think I'm ready. And he goes, well, I work for, you know, he's with the Federation or whatever it is. And not that it's all on him, but yeah. obviously he can pull some strings and stuff. And he goes, well, what's your thoughts? And I said, well, I need to learn how to swim. Like my swimming was still good, but like it improved. But to turn professional, I was like, I'm not, I'm not there. And I think there's still a lot of guys that maybe would get it and just be like, oh, you know, if I, yeah, you know, yeah, pro and all yeah. the rest of it and blah, blah, blah. I'm awesome. Yeah. Just had that, that, to me, that would be embarrassing more than anything. I, wanted, I didn't want to just take the jump, and it was a big jump. That's It's a bit of a hard thing in our sport that the, the best guys are, are good, but yep. then there's a big gap to you know making that transition over. And um, so I said, no, nah, I think I'm just going to wait a bit. I'm just going to keep concentrating on racing. I want to improve my swim. I came back or swim at just at Dapto with a swim coach there, and he'd worked with two previous world champions and stuff with triathlon, so he had a good understanding of... You know, it's yep. all good and well to go to a swim swimming. coach, but yeah. I just wanted me to do butterfly for the next, you know, 10 weeks. Probably not going to help me. Yeah. So he was good and I had a bit of a – and, you know, my, my partner was real supportive and she, I was like, I need to, I'm need i going to go to Europe and do some more races over there, get some experience and things like that. Um, so the next year we we eloped actually and we went over there and did some racing and then we spent some time. she got family in Croatia and things like that. Yep. So um, did some racing over there and then 2014 – I had a really good season. My swim had got up. I'd, I was pretty much uh, did some races as well, like at Nepean. Um, there'd be some pr- like pro guys would come there. There'd be maybe fifteen pros or something. But I was going in our own wave. But I'd finish amongst them in their time wise, and it's a yeah. bit different because they're racing each other strategically. They're not really worried about some age group guy. But I guess seeing my bike time was you know s- as quick as the quickest guys and things mm. like that. My swim was off still, but it was still getting there. And I was like, oh, maybe I could be, you know, I've got to learn my craft somehow, yeah, maybe yeah. You know, within reach. So um, I'd done some really good racing in 2014 and then I saw um, I saw my, my, my mate and he said, oh, what are you, you going to do? And I, it was probably two weeks out before Christmas and I said, oh, I'm going to put him for me for my licence just after in the start of January, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yep, sweet, send it through to me. I'll, I'll put me supporting stuff through and we'll see how you go. And then um, we were doing some renos at the time and I remember it was Christmas Eve and I had a blow up with my missus about – some shit to do with Colour the house tile, or it was. Yeah. Some, yeah. Shit. Some, some stupid and I'd already trained for the day yeah. but training had just consumed me in a sense that I was so just driven for this goal and that was it by the, you know when I got to that stage and um, I was like ah oh, fuck this so I went and got on my bike and went riding what else do you do probably yeah. not. so off I went so I went for about five hours and um, I went up Jamboree Mountain I'd been up there a thousand times or whatever and I remember I got to the lookout and I rang her. It was Christmas. It was Christmas Eve. They celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve more so than Christmas yeah. Day itself. And I said, "Oh, can you just grab me spare clothes? Mm. I'm up Jamboree Mountain. I'll go around Clamer. I'll be at Dapto. That's where her parents live. I'll be at Dapto in I don't know two hours or whatever. All right, cool, sweet, no worries. Off I went. Went down, <clears throat> going through Jamboree, and I looked up and I saw Saddlebuck Mountain. And I was like, ah. Oh. That's a pretty steep mountain. Nah, let's fuck. Let's go up there. Like I'd been yeah. up there the week before or whatever. I, just, I had yeah. enough time. Let's just do a quick run up there. And yeah. I just got a. Uh, I just signed with Scott, like a sponsorship with Scott Bikes. They'd given me this. Oh, really cheap. But it was like you know sixteen thousand dollar road bike or whatever. It wasn't even me race really bike and all cheap. the rest of it. Yeah. No, no. I, I, no I, I paid a bit of money towards it, but yeah, it yeah. Sixteen thousand dollar bike or whatever. And I was like, oh fuck, let's see how this thing goes. Took it up there, and. Uh, Look, there's been plenty of times that I've ridden like a dickhead with me mates down Mount Kier and all the rest of it, but um, I was by myself and I didn't really ride like an idiot. I just went whatever the road sort of took me and got up to, you know, 80, 85k an hour or whatever and there's this um, about halfway down and it ditches down another real steep bit um, and there's big fig trees over the over the road, two potholes, and I didn't see the potholes because of the shadow and I just went straight through them, bang, rocked me hard 
And then it, I didn't know at the time, but it snapped me top tube twice on, on, on top of my bike. So I started oh, just, shit. I was just yeah. out of control going down this hill, just holding on. I couldn't really bend. If a car was coming the other way, I would have just would have went straight through it, really. Yeah. I was just hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. And then because it gets to a bit and turns a little bit and then goes uphill. And I thought, if I can just, because I was that out of control, I couldn't even get to my brakes or anything. Yeah. And um, all I remember is going into the ditch. And all, I think in my head, I thought I went full Robbie Madison style for about 200 meters. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 and yeah, I remember yeah. doing a bit of a flip. And, um, yeah, I must have went straight in really in hindsight after since I've been back, I looked at it. I went straight down in the ditch and just flipped. I must have just flipped straight away. Yeah. And we looked at my computer stuff later on. I went from, yeah, pretty much the point of impact was about 78K an hour that I would have just went and then flicked over. And then fuck. that's that's all I remember. I remember um, I used to wear, it's called a road ID, like a band, and it have and it was more from the army Cause yeah. We used to have our casualty card in our pocket, so I used to I used to actually carry my casualty card for a while when I first started riding because I yeah. just thought I don't know if something happens. Yeah, and these road ID things coming outside my blood group and my miss you know partner's phone number and all this sort of shit. And then um, all I remember is waking up and the ambos were there and I was on the road and um, they were speaking English and I was like, "Fuck, I'm in France. What are they speaking English for?" Like I remember I, I thought I was still in Europe, which was this yeah. December. I'd been in Europe. <laughs> we went to Europe in July, August. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I couldn't. And she's asking, yeah, yeah, and she was asking me all these questions and shit. And I'm like, "The fuck?" Uh, and she's like, "Do you know what day it is?" All this, I had yeah, no yeah. idea, no idea. And um, we got in the got in the. Thing, oh, they put me in a neck brace or whatever. And I remember I had a new pair of shoes on as well. And she was like, I don't know how to get, like, cause they have like this little dial thing on them and you've got to yeah. pop them. And next to me, she's got a pair of scissors out and had a new kit on as well. Yeah. I was like, Fuck, get that thing away from me. Like, whoa, 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 I can get it off. And I was like trying to get out of yeah, yeah. like the spinal board and all the rest of it. She's like, you need to stop, like, <laughs> relax. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, this is a new new jersey. Yeah, she's yeah. like, anyway, she cut it off me. I was fucking so angry about my jersey. Yeah. Hold it up. It's got holes all through it anyway. Yeah. And when yeah. I crashed, but I was in my own little <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah. She didn't. She didn't cut me shoes, so that was good. We got them off, and then anyway, she's like, "Do you know what? You know, we're driving still. Like, you know, get me to the hospital." And I was like, "No, nah, still got nothing." And I'm like, "Well, I said to her, why are you speaking English?" And she's like, "We're we're in Australia, like, we're, yeah. you know." And I'm like, "Fuck." Anyway, I remember we got to um, to come up the hospital next to um, Hungry Jacks. Yeah, I remember seeing the Hungry Jacks side, like a fig tree there, and it just hit me, and I went, "Oh, fuck." It's Christmas Eve, isn't it? Yeah, She's yeah. like, yeah. And I'm like, and she's like, welcome, welcome back. You yeah, know, or yeah, whatever. yeah. You know, this is like half an hour later. And I was like, fuck. I said, my missus is going to be pissed. And she's oh, like, yeah. oh, I think that's the least of your worries at the moment. I think, <laughs> you know, you just, and I was like, oh, what's the time? I've got to be at dinner. I've got to be at dinner. And she's like, no, 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 you just need to. And I still didn't really know what, know was, what was, you know. what was going on. Yeah. She's like, come on, got me in. Then my, my wife was already, oh, uh, yeah, we would have been married then. My wife was in the, in the room or whatever. And, Oh, she was already at the hospital. She was already at the hospital. Yeah. So the guy that had found me or rang the ambos and then had found the thing on my road ID and said, look, I just, I don't know who this dude is, but he's got your phone number on his wrist and he's in a pretty bad way. But and she, I didn't have much bark off me and things like that, but she was like, he's not, well, he's not responsive at the time. He's yeah. breathing, but um, he's in a pretty bad way. You know, he's going to be going to the hospital. So she was there, my mum was there and um, took me in and, I still didn't – I was just in shock still. I still didn't really know and they did their scans or whatever and oh, I still was like, I feel all right. Like I broke my arm before and you can feel it and things like that. But I guess I was – that. my missus reckons I was talking that much shit to the nurses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From the green whistle, she goes, you talk shit at the best of times. You were that and <laughs> Yeah. It's yeah. like you were just 
flirting with them and making all these just fucking <laughs> shows. You're making the most inappropriate fucking comments. Because uh, you're off your head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was on the green, green whistle hard. Yeah, and just, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was, I was lucky enough. We went through the whole rigmarole around, um, you know, they said, look, you've got four fractures in your, in, your, um, in your neck. I think I had C4, C, C4, C6, C7. And then we still didn't know until the next day. And then they said we found more in T1, T2, T3, T4. So I had seven fractures in my neck. Fuck. And then I had a broken scapula. And that was probably the that hurt me the most, I reckon, just because it was just that weird movement. Yeah. And mm. then I was in my neck brace, so I couldn't really move. So it's not like you're sore, I guess. Mm. I was bruised from just flipping. But, um, yeah, and then I was, I was pretty lucky in the sense that, you know, there was – there was so many I guess there was different options if I wasn't in that bad that I had to be in a halo but then there was like you know you can get fused and all these different things and yeah. I'm a bit of a if I don't need to be cut open and I can get yeah, fuck that. Can heal yeah. you know I'm going to have to re- repair from getting me cut open and then like really our human body's not really designed to have metal or through it either so no that's right if you can stay away from it what's sort of the process and I had a pretty shit surgeon that was down here that he'd seen me that night and then the next day he comes in and he's like, oh, you've been watching too much Tour de France and my missus nearly knocked him out because she was like, just shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, yeah. You don't know what he does. Like this is what he was supposed to be start doing for his job, you know? Mm, and yeah. I hadn't even really thought about that yet. I was sort of just, am I going to be normal like long term, you know? I'd, yeah. I'd, 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 I'd slurred speech and stuff like that and at that time, in the early days, we didn't really, my wife probably thought about it but we didn't really know about much about my brain injury at the time. Um, I'd, like, I'd tell you the same story. The nurse would come in and I'd, they were just in there and I'm like, hey, I'm Nathan. I'd tell you the same story three times. Yeah, like, yeah. Str- I'd really bad concussion problems and mm. stuff like that. So we looked back at the data and we, from what we can find, they reckon I was probably unconscious for about 17 minutes um, from the yeah. time that – from the impact to when the dude was there and woke, like all that sort of came through. Um, but then it was just a matter of having a soft collar on. I slept in it. She had, had to help shower me and things like that for – um, first probably three weeks um, and then but our advice down here was pretty bad from the surgeon he was um, he was sort of like oh you should be able to start running soon but you know and I'm like is it stronger like wh- what are we doing yeah. here you know and he's like oh <laughs> oh you know maybe after six weeks you can take it off and I'm like what can I turn oh you can't and I said well like it was just yeah, yeah, shit yeah. advice and anyway <laughs> I, I saw um, and I'm like well if I can ride, like, I'm going to be back riding. I need to be able to turn to see that I don't get hit by a car. And he's like, yeah. oh, you, it was just, he was real blase about the whole thing. And I remember our two week to see how I was going, we were in his um in his office and he was reading his computer or whatever. And he was like, oh, so how, how'd you do it again, surfing? I'd already seen him like four times. Fuck. He Did he have the brain those. injury? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. no fucking idea. And fucking hell. Masnelli jumped over the, the desk a few yeah, times yeah. and put one on him because she was like, are you fucking serious? Like, this is not yeah. your life. This is, you know. Anyway... Long story short, I ended up seeing a really good surgeon, um, sports surgeon guy that works in um, in Sydney, and I went and saw him, and that was probably about six weeks in, and I was still in this collar all the time, mm. and that guy was sort of at the stage where he's like, oh, you could probably take it off, um, you know, and we are just like, yeah. fuck this guy. Fuck this guy, yeah, yeah. So I went and saw the other guy, and he was, I sort of had, a, it was good, I gave him my scans, and he was like, just give me half an hour, I'm going to go through everything you got. And I was yeah. like, oh, at least he's thorough, you know. Yeah, yeah. How much training do you? And I was telling him all about it. And he goes, all right, sweet. And he goes, well, look, I'll give you a quick bit of advice. I just had this guy that was here from the Manly Sea Eagles. And he was a young guy. He had two fractures in his neck, not seven. Um, and he was like eight weeks in. He should have had his thing on for 12 weeks. He came back in. He's got another fracture now. I'm like, oh, great. And he goes, yeah, because he had about 10 beers and he was doing flips on trampoline. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. so he goes, this is the caliber of people that I'm used to working with sometimes. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. he asked me a bit about triathlon. I said, look, I'm 
pretty OCD. If you tell me to do something for three minutes, 30 seconds, that's how I work. This heart rate, you know, all this data and all the rest of it, and he goes, I like triathletes because you, you know, listen yeah. to your homework sort of thing. So stood me up and I still hadn't, this is about six weeks in, um, I wasn't, couldn't drive or anything obviously, but my mate had driven me up there and I still remember, I thought like, wasn't really that big a deal still. Like it's just broken neck, off you go. <laughs> I don't know, like... Just because this other guy had played it, you know, yeah, yeah, I get yeah. there was people that were yeah. way worse off than I am, but he yeah. sort of stood me up and drew a line around me, from just above me, sort of nipple around whatever. And he said, he goes, if you'd showed me your scans and you weren't here in front of me, I'd say that you should be numb from there down. There's enough damage to your cord because one of them was a fractured yeah. dislocation or something that we didn't really, so we didn't know any of this at the time still. And he's like, you're, yeah, you're, you're very fucking lucky. And then I just tried to laugh it off. I'm like, oh, so I still have my hands and that. And he goes, no, no, no. Fuck it, this is serious. And I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. Right. right. You know? Yeah, yeah, that so was lucky, man. Probably, um, and then we, I still had, it wasn't so much that. So I ended up staying in my collar for nearly, probably four months. So I was, I was at six weeks and this other dude's saying, nearly take it off. And this guy's, <laughs> nah, you're fucking staying this for a long time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, righto. I said, oh, whatever you say, you know what I mean? Mm. Um. But then I was still having so many pro- – I couldn't sleep. I had – like I'd sleep. I had to keep a sleep diary because that was getting really bad. I had to go get tests, um, my testosterone and everything like that. I was ranked to a 75-year-old man because it would damage <laughs> my maturity gland and stuff like from the concussion. Yeah. Um, and I'd sleep 15 minutes max was the longest I could sleep and then I'd be awake and I'd sleep 15 minutes and I'd probably sleep average two hours a day for oh, four months, I reckon. I was just – Everything was just so, just from the, the impact, I guess. We yeah. didn't really, I didn't know at the time, but my physio, Maddie from Fig Tree Physio, he was keeping a few, few things and he was talking to my wife on the side because every time I'd go in there to get treated and things like that, I was probably talking shit. I don't even know. Like maybe I was telling the same story twice and I didn't think, I didn't know I was. Yeah, yeah. He was sort of staying in contact with um with my wife and then my, even my next door neighbour came over and all this happened without me knowing. And about five months in, they all got me together and they were like, um, we're going to have to do something about your head, eh? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, no, nah, you're, you're not right still. So I end up having to do some testing with the – he's one of the doctors with the NRL concussion rule stuff now. I went up to yeah. um, Newcastle at the Marathon Stadium and did sort of like an IQ test in a way, like a lot of memory stuff and blah, blah, blah. And the way he described it to me was you've got like a two-year window to, to grow it back in a way and yeah. then whatever's happened from that trauma um, after that two years will sort of stay where it is. And like my short-term memory was was terrible. I just started getting back swimming again, and my swim coach would be, you know, like four fifties, two two hundreds, all this sort of stuff. I'd swim halfway down the pool, and I'd have to stop and go. What are we doing? Uh, what are we doing? Yeah, uh, like yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was bad. Um, so I couldn't I couldn't work. So I couldn't work. I didn't work for the whole year just because my job because I was doing the youth work with the kids at the time. Yeah. If I'm going from one room to the next, like my head couldn't I couldn't think that quick. No. And the kid could say to me, "Oh, you said you were going to give me pocket money." All right. There you go. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we went out to dinner one night at a restaurant. It was like 40 bucks and I had two 20s and a 50 and I couldn't work out how to pay them. Like I was just sitting there going, because uh, there was music in the background and just yeah, wanted, yeah, I couldn't yeah. take in that much yeah. information. Um, so, yeah, we did some did some stuff with him and he said, look, you, he goes, you're not a Ferrari anyway because you're probably not smart enough. Yeah, but he yeah. goes, say so you were working as a club sport. He goes, you're currently at a Daihatsu charade. You know, he goes, but that's better than walking. So that's a start. He yeah, goes, so yeah. there is... He goes, there was some damage to um, the cognitive. I can't even remember what it was. Um, but he goes, so I had to do some stuff where I'd be just doing puzzles in a room where there was no no mm. other sound and things like that. And 
um, slowly. Well, like, like brain brain games. Yeah, or oh, not so much that. It's just more concentration with no other. As soon as there was three, two, more than one thing, I'm gone. You know, yeah, so okay. you just said like I just no music, no nothing. Do a puzzle where you're thinking, and I liked mm. puzzles and stuff, so I didn't really something like that was um, helpful. Um, but then yeah, it took me yeah it took me a long time to, I guess, get back to. And yeah. at the start, I didn't know if I was ever going to ride again and things like that. Yeah. So we had to wait six months. I think I had to get another scan to see if it was strong enough that because I said to them, um, I was going to crash my bike again. That's just what we do. Like you come off your bike, yeah. This is what happens? Mm. And I was like, well, it needs to be strong enough that if it comes off, that I'm not going to be quadriplegic really. So um, I think six months got the scan. And I was like, sweet, they can ride on the road. And I'd been doing heaps of riding just on my trainer inside my garage. I was doing like yeah. 24, I wasn't working. I was doing 25 hours a week at that stage just riding my push bike couldn't run still i was doing a little bit of swimming so i became really strong on the bike from that time and then they said oh you you can you can race so i was like all right sweet so i ended up doing a race i think my accident was in december i think i did a race the october so 10 months um and i honestly i was happy to come dead last i was just grateful to go you know what i mean Finish, wanky yeah. as it sounds i remember my first ride into town one morning i was just riding along Five Island Road laugh and going, fuck, how good's this? Like, <laughs> this yeah, is, yeah. Well, this is what I love. And this is. Yeah. Were you on the it? bicycle path there or <laughs> were you on the road? <laughs> 4 30 in the morning. So, no oh, freaking okay. out. Like, you didn't uh, have any, like, uh, PTSD. Yeah, or, tr- you know, like, fuck, cut. You well, know, at first. And a stack here. Well, or at first, I, I didn't. And I did this race at Nepean. It's a dead flat course. Yep. And I oh, actually geez. raced, I raced pretty good and I thought, oh, I, I think I came second non-professional and we beat a couple of pros and stuff. That was my first race back. And the whole time I raced, my my thought process was, well, it's better than have a fucking broken neck. Like it's better than sitting in bed. That's you it. know what I mean? Like yeah, I just yeah. had this... You're positive. I actually raced fucking awesome for, for where I was at. I, I ran a 10k PV off the bike and things like that. And I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had no... And I think as well, I didn't have any pressure on myself. Yeah. And, and I was like, huh, I'm all right. Like, maybe I can go back to what I was doing. We still didn't know like how to... Like, the management of it or how sore I'd be. So anyway, I signed up for this race two weeks later at Noosa and I'd done Noosa before and there's this big hill in it and you get to about 100, 110k an hour down this fucking hill. Hadn't bothered me before here. And I was like, I did this race, but dead flat. You do it around the Regatta Centre, like there's about two metres of elevation, like nothing. I went to this race at Noosa. Race is an open, so if you come in the top three, you can get get a pro licence pretty much from it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and I was a bit confident from the week before. I was like, oh, two weeks before, I was like, oh, maybe I'll be all right. And uh, went up there. I was Sydney maybe fifth or sixth on the bike, and I started, you know, working my way up and stuff. Got to probably, oh, maybe maybe a K out from the hill. And that was it. I didn't even know I was coming. I just started throwing up all over my bike. I had oh, mad anxiety attack. Fuck. Got to the hill. I went down it. I reckon max 15K an hour. <laughs> Yeah, yes. sitting there shaking and shit. I was like, <laughs> "What's going on?" Full episode, like yeah. out of it. Every like, you know, sixty-five-year-old lady just banging past me. I'm just fucking hell. <laughs> Got to the bottom and I was like, "Fuck, oh, I'm all right now." And I rode for, after that. I was all right, and then I ran. But I'm like, I'm that far. I can see the guys turn at five k. They're like kilometers ahead of me. And I finished, and I, I was embarrassed. Like I was mm. like, "This is fuck." Like I just thought I was all right. Yeah, and then. Spoke to my spoke to my missus about it. She goes, "You're gonna have to talk to someone. Like that's not, you know what I mean." And then, um, yeah, like even once that happened, I reckon it triggered me because before that, I'd done some training down some hills and stuff. I didn't hadn't didn't bother me. I'd been back to Saddleback Mountain, hadn't bothered me at all. It's just it just hit me, 
And then that was it. After that, if we were doing a ride to Jamboree, I'd have nightmares the night before it and shit. Mm. I was freaking out even before we got there. Any The smallest little hill, I was fucked. So um, I started working with a psychologist um, and I still I still work with him today. But that was more what we went for, just to, I had to do some self-talk and all these different things. And then it was probably a couple of months later, we went, I went down to Jindabyne. I'd done some training camps down at Jindabyne in the past for like a month just go training and stuff like that. It's really good, but it's really hilly, obviously, yeah. down there. And um, went down there and had a few good key people around me and self-talk and just, just getting that confidence of just going down the hills and stuff. And then yeah. I rang my one of my other best mates who'd been with us, Cato, the first year. I went to Europe in 2010. I was, said, do you want to come to the Alps with me? I thought, well, I'll just go throw myself in the deep end. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's go to these mountains that are 30K long that you've <laughs> got to fucking go down. Yeah. Um, so I entered this race. It's the hilliest race pretty much that we've got that um, – it's called Out to Wes Triathlon. So it's a 2K swim, only a, it's a only 125K bike. But Fucking it, hell. It, it had, you know, it's got a 16K climb. So what Macquarie Pass is 10. Yeah. It's got a 16K climb, a 24K climb, a 5K climb, and then a 14K climb. Fucking hell. And then you run 20K at the top of it. It's at 2,500 metres altitude. Well, yeah. so had you um, done altitude before? Oh, I'd done a bit of training at altitude yeah. and stuff like that, but not, um, I hadn't never. I did, leading into that we went to the outs for five weeks leading into that race and stuff as well and look I'm big for a triathlete as well power to weight ratio I was never going to be a mad climber but I just went there more for my confidence and mm. all that sort of stuff Yeah, and I had a good couple of races leading into that in Europe um, and, and back here so then yeah 2016 from, from my racing over there and I sort of overcame that I raced pretty shit there at, at that race but um, more happy with where my headspace went from, from that going down hills and all the rest of it so then and it was after that that I took. So it would have been about a year and a half after my accident that I finally got my pro license. Oh, um, yeah. So that's when I came back and I was like, oh, my swimming's back to where it should be and all that sort of stuff. And I'd raced a few guys that I thought, like, you know, I can probably compete. So, um, yeah, 2016. And then I uh, did a couple of, like, domestic races. And then I did my first race um, at the full distance that we are talking about before. So that was at Wanika in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Nice um, spot beautiful never been i'd been obviously to the north island yeah. and i was like oh let's go somewhere beautiful as well there was either that around that same time as a race in bustleton that we had and i was like oh it cost me just as much to go to, to wanika anyway yeah um and um be some, go somewhere new so did, my training was really I was, I was in the best shape of my life but it's it's a bit it's hard in our sport like sometimes you'll go to a race and there's lots of pros and there's other times there's you know, so like we'd go first and then after you, like 800 age groupers would go and things like that. And there was, I think there was 11 pros that day. That day. Um, you know, there's a guy that had won, you know, 25 half Ironmans and a couple of Ironmans. So there's some sure. decent dudes there. The guy that just came second at Hawaii, which is our holy grail within our yeah. sport. Um, so another good handy athlete. And I remember standing on the line and he actually came up to me um, and he said, oh, you, you know, you'd be right, mate. And I don't know if I was looking nervous or mm. there was people on the line that he didn't know that, he, you know, usually yeah, yeah. been around for like 20 years, probably knows everyone's faces. And I sort of looked at him and I don't really – I respect everyone on there, but, like, we're all human sort of thing. So I was, I was like, yeah, mate, I'll be sweet. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon he was trying to get in my head a little bit. Or he might not have. Like, who yeah. knows? But I was sort of like – I'm not going to be, and I had no, I knew where I was in the pecking order, you know what I mean? I thought, oh, there's 11 of us. I thought if I can finish mid-pack, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. And I'm pretty sure it paid the top six. And I was like, I'd be pretty cool first payday if I can get sixth place and all the rest of it. Not that it's like tennis or golf, our sport. We get paid dog shit compared to that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you can pay for the trip and all the rest of it, yeah, pretty happy. Sweet. So um, 
Got in the swim, had this, I thought maybe I'd come out about four minutes behind the lead dudes after, you know, 3.8K. It came out, my wife gave me a, a split. She's like, you're two minutes 10. And I thought she was lying. I didn't, <laughs> yeah, believe, yeah. I didn't believe her. I yeah. thought she was like playing sports like on me, like to give me hope sort of maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I got on the bike and it wasn't pretty, it was pretty close to where the turnaround was. You went 15K out and then turned. And so we got to the 15K marker and I did a time split and I was two and a half minutes. I'd only lost 20 seconds as well. And I was by myself. There was, I think I was maybe mid-pack out of the water, maybe eighth or something. Yeah. So probably a little bit further. Yeah, so eighth, there was a couple of guys behind me and um, riding along. Just And I knew that it was going to be a race. So I'll just have to sit at my heart rate. I'm going to be in my own head. The bike's probably going to take me around, you know, four and a half to five hours. Just sit at your heart rate. Just do your thing. People bust themselves. And a lot of the time it's just... A, a war of attrition you know there's 11 starters half might only finish you know what i mean so yeah got to about 125k and i'm riding along just not like like i was in the race anyway this dude comes up in a fucking tarago and he goes what are you doing nath and it was this guy another pro guy i'd seen that he'd got a flat tire and I, he was obviously he had a mechanic who was out of the race yeah. anyway i looked over and i rode his name i was a bit of a legend in our sport from new zealand and i said fucking racing and he goes you're going the wrong way, cuz. <laughs> and I dead set. Oh, no. And I was like, you know, I'm down to me bike, yeah. fucking just hooking in. Oh. I, just, I sort of sat up and he kept driving next to me. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? He goes, what are you doing, cuz? You're going dead set. You're going the wrong way. And he pulled over the car and shit. I'm like, fuck off. And he's like, you're supposed to turn back at the airport. There's a left-hand turn. And I said, but people were waving me on this way. And he goes, I'm like, and my head's just fucking fried at this time. I'm like, yeah. I'm racing. I'm, you know, you're like endorphins and all the rest yeah, of it. I'm yeah. like, how fucking, how far away is the airport? And he goes, oh, about 7, 8K. So I'd gone 7, 8K. Oh, shit. The wrong yeah. way. Fuck. And I'm like, fuck. So I turned around. I'm like, oh, I've got to practice what I preach. Like, I'd i got to finish. Like, I just, I just got to fucking finish. That's what yeah. I say to all my athletes I coach. Yeah. And any one of my advice is number one's finish and then obviously you've got your goals from there. But I'm like, oh, I've got to turn around. So I went back the other way. So there's out of 180, I did 196 because then I got back on the course and I went around it, come back down. And at the end of the day, it was a bit of my fault because I didn't know the course to a T. But yeah. when you're doing 290K loops, there's a lot of fucking – not that there was heaps of streets. I wasn't like a CBD. But like where they put the sign to turn – was that low that if there was a car there, you can't see the sign? Yeah. So I reckon yeah. there was a car at the intersection and I've gone just straight past if, it. If you don't see, see an arrow, you just fucking go straight. And you're flying. Yeah, yeah we're sitting on 45k an hour if yeah. there's a hill or something, like you know what I mean? Like you just, and you got your head down and you're banging away. And because I went and that, that was going against the grain of the other race as well. But it yeah, went, yeah. it sort of on that part, it went off and then it looped back onto them. Uh. Anyway, so I got back to transition. Got in transition, put your run shoes on. Oh, fuck, in my head, I'm sitting there going, like, I, I rode hard. I definitely didn't ride as hard as what I would anymore because I lost all me, all no. my, like, I lost 20, 20 minutes or something. Yeah. I went from, I think I was just in, I'd just been, there was a guy that I was nearly catching. He was in fifth. So I was, in, I was sitting in sixth and fifth. And, um, and I, he, I thought I, he was a bit of a weaker rider than I was. And during sitting down with my coach, we thought we could catch him and maybe sit with him for a bit. He's pretty experienced. And I thought, oh, that could pace me a little bit for the second half. And um, even like where the just before the turnaround at 125k, these the lead dudes were all together. There was like four of them or whatever, and this guy from Hawaii and all. That. And I was more in the headspace. I was like, well, this dude's one of the best in the world, and they're only just there. Like they were at 125k, is five minutes. Like they'd only yeah. got another two and a half minutes minutes into me, and I was like, 
that's nothing. Like, oh, maybe these yeah, guys yeah. are here. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm meant yeah. to be. A bit, you know what I mean? I wasn't yeah. that out of place like half an hour behind sort of mm. thing. And then um, got into transition. I went up to the official. And I said, look, I'm just giving you a heads up. Showed him my thing. And I'm like, I've done 196Ks. And they're like, fuck, what's going on with you? And I'm like, well, you dickheads. <laughs> and I'm blowing up a bit about it. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, can you just wait a minute? We're going to have to have a, a quick meeting to see if you didn't, we didn't disqualify you or not. And I'm like, well, I want to run. Like, I want to fucking yeah. finish this thing. Yeah. We'll just wait here for a minute. Transition usually takes maybe a minute, a minute and a half. Like, quickly you run it, you know, you run in, yeah. helmet off, fucking socks on, shoes on, boom, you're gone. Yeah. Eight and a half minutes later, I'm Arseholes. sitting there. Not that yeah. this was ever going to, I was never going to catch anyone. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's still, fuck, the more I'm sitting there, the more I'm just doing my head in. Yeah. And I wanted to tell my wife what had happened because I knew she would have been freaking out and all my family and friends and stuff would have been back here to have a tracker and stuff. Mm. I'm sitting in the tent. Finally, he comes in. He goes, yeah, yeah, you're right to go, mate. And I'm like, so I can run? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I ran out. I could hear the microphone of the winners, the, the leaders were at 21K and I was just going out. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I ain't fucking catching anyone. Like, no. let's be honest. So I came down, seen her, had a quick chat with her and stuff. She's like, fucking what happened? Did you crash? You know? And I said, nah, told her what happened. And she's like, I knew something had happened. I'd got all these messages from all people back home, you know, listening to it and stuff like that. Yeah. So anyway, ran. And I got to about, it was two 21K loops and it's fucking long, long 21Ks when you're like, I'm that far behind, this is fucking a joke. And it was, I was more embarrassed because I'm like, people are clapping and they're being heaps encouraging and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, oh, you're doing so well. You I'm, don't no, understand. No, I'm fucking shit. Yeah. I'm shit. I should be up there. But it is what it is and yeah. I'm like, I just wanted to crawl into a hole. But Pity I'm like, you, you know weren't a better shot. You could have shot him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still miss. And they, um, anyway, they... I got to it halfway and then I was, I was like, I was nearly done. I was like, she was, I sat on a picnic bench and everything on the side of the race next to me, next to my wife. And I'm like, what the fuck? And she goes, Luke McKenzie, which is the guy that, you know, he was sitting in third that was probably the favourite to win. She goes, he just walked off. Like he's he's done because I reckon he wasn't in the, like where he should be. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, fuck that bitch. I'm out of here. All right. So I jumped on. Off I kept running because that inspired me more. I'm like, nah. But kids would look up to this guy. And look, I don't know yeah. if he, he could have been injured or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of guys that just pull out if they're not going to get there. And I get it because they're saving their legs and they could do another race and stuff. But I'm like, you could just take it easy. And I, I don't know. My, my own values are you got to finish it. So that gave me a bit of a push. And anyway, I finished and just to rub some salt in the moon, like I said, they paid the top six. I came seventh. Oh, <laughs> oh fucking really? Yeah, because so many like, dudes get flats. That guy pulled out. And I, yeah, yeah. I was doing the numbers in them because I could see him coming the other way and I'm like, one, two, three. And then I couldn't. It's like, oh, it might be a chance to still jag something here. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah. And I come seventh and I was like, fuck. Anyway, I, could, I, could, I was that embarrassed. We went across the finish line, went out and we, we drove up to Christchurch the next day actually and after doing a race, like it took me, I don't know, 10 hours or something. I think the winner done it in eight and a half or whatever. I was like, I was that far behind. Yeah. But, um, and I was like, I, I could have went, I, I went for a run in Christchurch the next day after doing this 10 hour race because I was just, <laughs> I jogged it. Like I didn't even do anything. But yeah, like, yeah. Um, you know, some of these other races, I'd, I'd done a race a couple of years in earlier in Austria and I lost all my nutrition and I smashed myself that bad that I was pissing blood <laughs> the whole next day. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, fucking Because it bruised me bladder and like, I could barely walk and I'd smash, you know, you're smashing yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, now I've done double that distance. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, just because the, the intensity wasn't there. So, yeah, yeah, mm. to get rid of it. Then I, after that, I trained up for another race um, uh, in Germany. It's called Roth. It's probably, so there's the Hawaiian Ironman and Roth's probably our second biggest race. Yeah. It's a different brand. I guess it's like UFC and Bellator. Yeah. So it's yeah. like the Bellator Grand Final, which is the race that I wanted to do. So I guess Hawaii's got the stigma, the, the yeah, history, yeah. and you know that's where all the money comes to as well, like with sponsorship and stuff like that. But um, 
I definitely wasn't qualifying for that yet. I was years off that. So I was like, let's go to this other one, get some experience. It's got like 250,000 spectators. They have like 50,000 people on just this one hill and everything. Like it's just yeah. got this, yeah, just this aura about it. And I had to send some results away to get a start from the, the, the German guy that um, has it. And that was a totally different experience in the sense that they cap how many pros go. So there was, I think it was 50 pros in the race this time. It was a bit different instead of line up to 11 and you think, oh, I'm going to be by myself. It was going to be a bit more tactical, I guess, because yeah. there'd be 10 dudes here and there'd be 10 guys there and and whatnot. Um, and that was just a pretty cool experience in the sense of, I think there's 15,000 people just at the swim start. Like they'd let off all these, you know, those hot air balloons and stuff going along. Fucking hell. Just, awesome. Spectacle. It just, yeah, it was, yeah. Just, it was fucking crazy. It was one of the best experiences. And the actual hill that they have, it's, uh, I think it's called Sol, Solar, Solar Hill or Solarberg Hill. Um uh, and it's like I said, it's got fifty thousand people. No barricades. They all just standing. It's like the Tour de France. They're yeah, all standing yeah. in front of your face, and they're all just banging all the rest <laughs> of it. And you go up it because your adrenaline's going that hard. I just never, I've never experienced anything else like it. I remember get to the top, and I was nearly in tears because you just endorphins are going. I was like, oh, I just want to go back around the back street, come back around like a slipper <laughs> slide or something. It was fucking sick. I'm like, you forget that again. Yeah, you forget about the race for a bit because you, you do two laps. I'm like, fuck, I want to do another ninety k till I come back here. Like this was. It was just a surreal experience and um, that that race was just different in a sense of like had the Commonwealth Games, Aussie guy, Commonwealth Games um, gold medalist, um, some guys that had podiumed in Hawaii and it was just a bit more of the ants pants outside of I guess the world championships. It was just a, the best field that I'd raced. Yeah. And for me, my gold medal, I, I wanted to come 10th. 10th was my goal that I thought that's where I'm in the pecking order. I'm not going to win it like I know where I'm at. I still, you know. I'd, I'd hope in years to come that I could keep moving towards that direction. But I was like, where my current fitness is, tense my goal. Yep. Eight hours, 30, that's probably about where I should be. And then, um, and I was sitting in good position until probably about 26K on the run. It was really hot for what um, Germany usually would have. It was like 38 degrees. I'd fucking lost that much. Um, well, when I collapsed after the race, I'd lost nine kilos during the day. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I got to 26K and the wheels just fell off. I probably hadn't had enough nutrition. I was still, you know, some guys take years to get that distance down pat so i sort of um my own fault i guess but there was no one else that i can blame i went the wrong way but i just melted myself really and pretty much jog walked my, my way in and i don't even i remember going through the finish line and then i was sitting in the recovery area and i was going real hot real cold real hot sure, real cold, yeah, yeah. and then i just bang gone and they put four iv bags through me and um just because i just lost it had I'd, nothing yeah yeah, so they weigh you before the race, the day before the race. Oh, okay. Oh, well. And they weighed us after. And yeah, I was 79 when I raced and I was, I was 70.2 when I finished. Yep. Everything um, was gone. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, I wasn't running. <laughs> I ran yeah. the next day after Christchurch. Yeah. I, I couldn't even fucking walk properly for about two weeks, I reckon. So yeah. I just didn't get the time. I finished 22nd, so I just faded yeah. big time. Um, but... Was, was that due to your hydration and nutrition and things yeah. like that? Um, so you weren't doing the nutritionist at this point? Oh, I had, but like when you, I guess a part of it as well, like during like every, my bike nutrition was good and then I got on the run and then your guts feel a bit shitty sometimes. I probably should have mm. taken more Coke just to settle. Coke usually settles your guts and things. And yep. I just lack of experience and I probably should have had six gels and I was like, my guts feel bad. So I, re, I ended up doing a, the marathon with one gel. I probably should have had six. Like I was just... Yeah, it's just I should have known now. Like I need to slow down, yeah. hydrate a little bit yeah, more. Yeah. And you know, what's a gel? A gel is just like a little, oh, like a little squishy carbohydrate hit, I guess. Like okay, yeah, jelly. Yeah, it's gel. Yeah, yeah, gel. Yeah. But since then, so back then it was a bit more. 
you know, this is back this is a few years ago now, but so I'd get like um, a gel would be so my, my nutritionist said you need to take one every twenty minutes. I'm going to be on the bike for four and a half hours, so I'd squeeze like thirteen of these things into a into a water bottle. Yeah, and then every twenty minutes I'd just take a good mouthful, which is nearly equivalent to a gel, and really that bottle should be finished. Yep. By the end of it. I guess like drip feeding yourself in a way yeah. that should yeah. be finished by the end of it and then I was going to have six of them on the run but um, now I've started I've started a couple of years now with this new nutrition um, sponsor Infinite Nutrition so they find out your weight if you want you know you can add caffeine to the mix it's a mix for you personally and yeah. then um, two scoops is an hour so if I know I'm going for a three hour bike ride I put six scoops in if I'm going for five hours ten scoops in so, or, or I can put them in divide them up into me things so it's just a little bit yeah easier in your guts and stuff so like that. So is that just for hydration or is there energy in it as like well? Calorie? Yeah, so, yeah, so it's high it's calories? Yeah, yeah, so calories and everything. Yeah, it's got 95 grams of carbs and stuff yeah. like that per serve and all that sort of stuff depending on your weight. Um, yeah. And then usually you'd have a higher you know, fructose, not fructose and depends on your gut health and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, um, But then, yeah, leading into that as well, I guess I worked real closely with you know nat- my naturopath and stuff like that. Um, and we'd be looking at he, – he was back then, he'd see me weekly – Doing my bloods to see if I was getting sick. Yeah, he's amazing with his bloods. This is uh, Gary uh, Griffin. Yeah, uh, yeah. I went and saw him because I, I get gout, and he cured my gout. And I've, I haven't seen him in a couple of years. I'm being useless. And then I'm, I got gout again for some fucking reason. And Hallie said, "Oh, Gary cured you last time. You know, fixed it." I'm like, "Oh, there's still some of the medicine left." And I took the medicine, and it's fucking gone. Like Ooh, he's, wow. some drops. Yeah, the, these drops. He's, and he says it's a fungal problem, man. No yeah. doc, doctors have no idea what gout is. It's a lot fucking of, a lot red of people wine. get gout too. Eh? Yeah, like, he reckons there's a fungal infection in your kidneys, shit. and it fucking cured me. You know, and um, and also he does this blood thing, and he goes, oh, "I'll check your blood," and he doesn't send it off to a fucking. To a lab, he he actually, drink he's it. got a microscope there. <laughs> we might drink it because I don't know what he did afterwards. He's, he's, he's banking him. He's banking <laughs> him. But he actually puts it under a microscope yeah. on a computer screen. You can look at your blood then and there. Fine. My blood had all this fucking cloudy stuff around it, and yeah. the cells were wobbly. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, "Man, you got some bad blood there," you know. <laughs> and um, no shit. And then, like <laughs> wow. a month into the shit he was giving me, he goes, "Let's yeah. have a look at your blood now." It was fucking perfect, little round cells, man. All the cloudy sick. shit. Gone. It's sick. It's fucking. It's what you think doctors should be doing. Yeah, they should. It's, aren't they supposed to look at your shit when you go there? And rather, they than just, don't. They don't. They don't fuck yeah. all. You know, they just want to send you on your way. Yeah, yes, yeah. I'm sure they they don't, they don't want to harm you and all that. But they're no. just taught this is the way we do things in the system, and especially with Medicare and all that, they're not allowed to go outside the system. Mm. You know, and got to make some and they got to make That's some money, right. and they're getting fifty bucks for Medicare. The fucking the room cost them a thousand bucks a day. So fuck it, get these swapping yeah. through. You know, it was a funny story that how I met Gary was I came back from Europe one year and I was getting all these gut pains and all the rest of it. And I was, my swim coach said he had a really good swimmer, and he said he goes go. He, he was having some dramas. He saw, go see this guy called Gary Griffin. And I'd never seen a naturopath before. And I'm like, yeah. oh, what's he going to do? Look at me eyes and tell me I need some more milk or some shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, That's what I was thinking. I, I thought it was yeah. bullshit. I'd heard some of these stories. Look, at, look yeah. at me fingernails or something, you know? And I'm like, here we go. Anyway, I walked in there and he laid me on the thing. And I thought, I've got to go in there. Go in there with an open mind and yeah. you know, what, see how we go. And did the kinesiology testing on yeah, me, yeah. some muscle testing and stuff. And I, That's pretty out there, but you know. Well, he looked at me and he goes, Yeah. He goes, yeah, yeah. So you got a parasite, blah blah. And I go, and I looked up around. I was looking for a like for a camera and shit. And he had this other guy in that he was teaching and stuff or something, yeah. like a student. And I go, he goes, what are you doing? I said, oh, this is obviously a candid camera thing or whatever. And he goes, what? And I said, you're taking the piss. Yeah, yeah. That's it, taking the piss. Like you whacked around with me arm and you didn't tell me my life story sort of thing. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And I, I was a bit 
up fronting that. Good on you. Like, yeah, because yeah. I, I felt it, but I didn't say yeah. it. I'm like, this is fucking bollocks. <laughs> he's, he's, he's probably wanted to punch me in the face at the time, but he's still you know, he's stuck with me now. It's been, like, seven years. But uh, anyway, yeah. and he goes, no, no, like, you don't know. My and then he, he talked to me about it. And he goes, look, I can see where you're coming from. And I said, look, yeah. I've only got blood tests from a doctor as well, and I'm, I'm seeing you. I'm seeing both of you in a sense of um, – Cover you know, all I, bases. I, yeah, yeah I just want to get better, you know, blah, mm. blah. And he goes, all right, what did the, he goes, all right, I'll tell you what the doctor's already done to prescribe you, you know, some antibiotics, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'd seen the doctor and I said, I looked it up and I'm like, yeah, right, yeah, you're right. And he goes, all right, well, take this shit, take, take my stuff. And he talked to me a little bit about, you know, your gut health, about, you know, antibiotics is just going to get rid of it all and yeah, yeah. how this will keep the, you know, the good, good yeah. stuff and get rid of the bad stuff. And I'm like, oh, sweet. And he goes, if you're not better in two weeks, egg on my face. He goes, that's, I've been doing this my whole life. You know, this is my life. I'm that confident that whatever your problem is, I'll have it fixed. And if you can come back to me and you're wrong, he goes, oh, I don't think you will, but I'm that confident. And I was like, hmm, fuck, righto. And I, went, I saw my doctor. And, you know, a lot of doctors are like, oh, Western medicine, that's it. Fuck all this, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut you open. Let's get, have a look. Yeah, get this. Yeah. Fuck off this greenie or yeah. whatever the fuck, you know, like, you know, go smoke some tea leaves or whatever. Like, Yeah, know. yeah. But I went in and and I'll give me GP that. He, uh, I went in there and I told him and he goes, Look, I don't agree with it, but at the end of the day, I just want you better. Yeah. And he's a does some sports doctor stuff with the wolves and things like that. And I guess he's got a good understanding. I, I like that he because this other doctor I saw years ago, our family doctor that used to be at Dapdo and shit. I remember I seen him at Ferry Meadow. Fernandez. No, Doctor Sobel, <laughs> his name was, and I had a sore back. He's about ninety, and he goes, "Oh, there's this new stuff coming out. It's called um, Voltaren." <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh really? Joking. Fucking yeah, hell. My and God. I was like, I'll never see you again. Yeah, he made yeah, me get yeah. an x-ray and all this shit. And I remember going back there and he goes, yeah, yeah. I remember I was busting to go to the toilet, got the x-ray and he goes, Phew. he goes, you'd be constipated at the moment. And I was like, no, I was busting for a shit when I got the x-ray. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's Voltaren business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. see you again. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I've seen this doc and he was just like, I just want, he was good. He just, yeah, yeah. you're, you're the patient. Let's just get you better. Anyway. I said, look, I'm going to go with the naturopath thing. He's pretty confident. He goes, look, whatever. Just, I hope you get fixed. Keep me posted. Anyway, I reckon about eight days in, I woke up and I woke up my missus and I'm like, man, it was in the middle of the night. I said, I think you're going to have to take me to the hospital. I think I've got appendicitis or something. I'm fucking freaking out. I'm like, my guts are killing me. And she's like, what do you, like, calm down, you know, fucking blah, blah. And I'm like, no, nah, I've never felt this pain before. I'm like, hold on, I think I need to go do a shit. Off we go to the toilet, came <laughs> yeah. back. A dead set. I shut out a seven, centi- <laughs> seven centimetre. I had a seven centimetre worm sitting in the toilet. Fuck Yeah, yeah, parasite. 100%. Fucking parasite. Uh, and after yeah. that, I just went, thank you, Gary Griffin. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, when... How'd you get the parasite? Well, just from the, we, the, we, from we, the dirty water that we swim in and stuff like that as well. Yeah, like we, yeah, we, yeah. We, we retraced our steps and some of the shit we swim in. There's this place that we do a race in, uh, in Luxembourg and um, I spent a lot of time in Luxembourg Years, I think third, 2013, we met this guy and he's became like, I don't know, one of my best mates that lives in Europe. And we look, I've got a house, I've got a car when I go there. He just looks after us and stuff yeah. like that. But we did a race in Luxembourg and got a few sponsors around there and stuff. So we try and race, you know, locally to help obviously get some exposure for them mm, and they help yeah. us out and things like that. And there's this fucking, it's a, just a little dam thing. Looks like muddy water to me, really. It's illegal to swim in there. And then once a year, we'll just put, 2,000 people in there and let them race. Fucking. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like Burley Griffin looks like the Great Barrier Reef compared to this thing. It's fucking yeah. shit. It's nearly black. But fucking like, hell, yeah. It's just a duck pond, really, and I'd hate to know what's living in there. So yeah, I'm yeah. guessing, like, you know, you take one little drinking of that while you're racing, you're not thinking about what you're doing. No. Nah. 
But um, yeah, and they get in, and you got worms in you anyway. Like, yeah, I think there's kind of in there when, yeah. when they get big and stuff. Yeah. I remember when I was working over in London, um, I was going to eat some bass over there, like I'm a chef and, and stuff. So, um, and I said to the chef, "Oh, do you want some of this?" He goes, "I don't eat that fucking frozen fish from the North Sea." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And I was. And he goes, it's full of worms. I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. There's no fucking worms. In it. And he pulls out his knife and he goes, check this out. And these were thawed out. They used to be frozen. He just goes in there and what I thought were veins, pulls them out. And they're live fucking worms, man. Live white worms. All through the fish, right through the North Sea. Shit. So don't fucking eat it. You know? Yeah, I don't eat fish, eh? And especially after, well, after that, that fucking sea spiracy. Yeah. I've watched it, but I've heard about it. <laughs> Not that it yeah. turned me anyway, but I was... Yeah. yeah, I eat it maybe once a year. I think I live on sushi, so I'm fucked. I love it. Yeah, I like sushi, man. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Sashimi. I like eating fucking seaweed. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. that's oh, fucking that, that packets of seaweed. Oh, the oh that's stuff. you know, yeah, the yeah, dried yeah, out with a bit of salt. You like on the, it. the wet shit, like the little. Oh, what's it? Is I don't it mind any of it. Or hey. Oh, fuck, man. Any of it's good. That on oysters. You go to that Japanese place in Wollongong, mm. um, Toro or something. Their oysters, they're yeah. fucking great. Yeah. And they got some Japanese beers, not your Asahi and shit. Like they got a whole fucking like page of Japanese beers, man. Biru. Japanese Biru. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Beers. Good old Gary. Let's get back to Gary. Yeah. Gary. Well, I have to get Gary on. Next time, I should ask him today, actually. Actually, I might yeah. go see him next couple of days. I might well, go see him. Uh, yeah. After after he did that, I was that was it. After he got that worm out of my guts, I was like, um, all right, sweet. And that, it was funny, though, because. That was I saw him then after to get the worm out and he was blowing up. He goes, "Where's the worm?" I said, "Fucking, I don't know. I flushed it." And he goes, you "Put it, put it in the jar and bring it in, man." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll put that on your fucking in my office. You <laughs> <laughs> want as a trophy? Yeah, yeah. There we go. But um, yeah. Uh, after that, I, I was due to see him again, and then I had my accident. That was all oh, just laid fuck. into it. Yeah, yeah. So the next time I seen, I'm walking in with my fucking neck brace on. And he's like, uh, uh, "You went like this last time. What the fuck?" Yeah. I said, "Look, I want to be as healthy as I can be." across the board so that I can get fixed quicker, yeah. really. That was yeah. my thought process. And I was like, I don't know if you can do much. He said, yeah, we can do fucking heaps. So he's got this other thing, like a micro-frequency. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to is him that, about that. Hang it's on, really is this the guy that fixed Haley's neck? No, no, that's a uh, different cap. They should all join up, man. Yeah. These super <laughs> fucking healers, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, that micro-frequency shit's really interesting. because Micro-current. Yeah, micro-current. Because the cell... It's a, uh, ties in with the electric universe shit. Uh, so it all yeah. comes back to the electric universe. And that a okay. cell won't heal unless it's got a right voltage. And voltage can also be considered a pH level. Mm. So you've got to get your pH level right in your body, you know, which is a form of voltage. And so with these little micro things, you can help your body heal by making the cells get enough energy in them. Something like Jesus. that. Yeah, so I'd, yeah. I'd go in there and you put a wet thing towel around your neck, around your ankles, jam it in. He'd have his frequencies that it's run to you personally, which he, you know, do his muscle testing to find what frequency and all these sort of things and what, depending on what your injury is and, yeah. and whatnot. And I'd go in there for hours. I just, I was like, well, you fixed me. You got a worm out of me. You can, mm, you yeah, can help yeah. me sort of thing. But Full trust now. Yeah. And since then, I've even said to my wife, like, I had such bad advice with the surgeon dude or whatever, and he's fucking gone to doctor school and all the rest of it. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, I said, if anything like that ever happens to me again, Pay Gary, I don't care. Pay him a thousand bucks. Tell yeah. him to come to the hospital, and he can give me advice on a sense of, you know, he's not—he's not like I said before. He's not going to tell me that I got the flu and go eat a, you know, a palm leaf or something like this. <laughs> no. But yeah. there's, a, there's a time for it, and there's a time not. Yeah. And I just like that he's open to him. We've formed this, you know, um, 
friendship at the same time, but but he'd he'd be one of my. I've got this, you know, I've got a team around me. I guess with my physio, my naturopath, um, nutritionist, a bike fitter, a masseuse, um, yeah. osteo, like everything like that, and sports psych. I guess everything you can sort of yep. hold yeah, around you, yeah. and then uh, I, there, yeah, so much. For, especially when I was training for these big races, I'd see him every week, and he'd he'd you know, like we were talking before, he'd check your blood, and he'd say, you know. Need to take another two days easy. Extremely dehydrated. Obviously, it would happen heaps of times anyway. But um, some of the times, the cells would be—they'd call them stacking. So they're like coins. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Fuck! What did you do on the weekend?" And I'm like, "Oh, I rode 200 on Saturday, and then I did a 16k run off it, and then I did like maybe an hour and a half on Sunday, and then I ran 34k off it." And he's like, "Right. And what are you doing today?" And I'm like, "Oh, I got a 5k swim, and I got to do a gym session this afternoon." He's like. Yeah, so I'd, I got to the stage where I was sending in my program so you could look and what days would come in. and Yeah, yeah. Um, especially when I went to that race in Germany, he was like, you need to put some weight on because you're going to travel and, you you know, yeah. we, we don't want to get you sick and things like that. Yeah. And I was, I was sitting at like um, 7% body fat. Um, That's no good. Calipum, yeah, and he goes yeah. like, especially when, you know, I'm out there for so long, he's like, we need a bit on you. Bit you know of fat. I mean? Yeah, like, so, and I was eating like – we look at me macros and all the rest of it and how much, like especially after going out for a, a, a big session, I'd be 5,000 calories down sort of thing. So to come in and eat, five, I'd, I'd fill this whole table up. I'm like, fuck, I don't have this long. Like, yeah. So it'd be just any way we could get things in. He got me onto some just different um, supplements and things like that yeah. to just keep those keep you moving because you're just running on empty mm. all the time. So Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting when I, when I went to him because I've got high cholesterol and this came on in my mid-30s. And um, uh, and where Gary used to be, he's moved now. But there was a, I went and saw my GP was there, and she was a, like a holistic GP, so she knew a lot about everything Dr. as well. Mahala. Yeah, yeah, Mahala, she was great. But God, they had some fucking debates over me because <laughs> she had put me on statins. Yeah, she yeah, goes, yeah. "Fuck you, got to go on a statin," and he was just fucking anti statins. And me personally, I think any drug that they want you to be on for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah, fuck that. Is, fuck that. That's not medicine, man. You know, nah. so I'm anti statins as well, but I don't want to die of a heart attack. And there's so much conflicting fucking mm. information about it. So, you know, and yeah, so I've got statins sitting there, but I'm trying <laughs> any fucking thing else to not not go on. And the one time I actually got, got it down, I just went kind of vegetarian, ate shitloads of really good greens, you know, non-roundup greens if you can find them. And, and I did get it down. <laughs> Non-Monsanto. Non which is fucking hard, man. Yeah. Everything's sprayed with that shit, you know. I don't even want organic. I just want shit that's not sprayed with fucking Roundup. Yeah, grow your own, eh? <laughs> yeah, kind of got to. Yeah, although down Adapto, they got that community farm. They don't use any pesticides. Have you been in there? Oh, we used to get boxes from there um, years ago. I don't know if they still do it. Like yeah, in Brownsville there? Yeah. Brent next to the, oh yeah. That's where to Toxic's mum and dad are like the, the leaders of it. Oh, are they? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I always yeah. thought it was a bit of a cult, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looks like. He said that, that's, yeah, that's, that's where they're, he said they're retired now and there you go. They just put all their time in the garden. Yeah, that's, yeah I, I think it's like a $50 good. box every Thursday and it's really good because you didn't know what you're getting, but yeah. it's fresh. It's what's and fresh. And it's whatever's you know. seasonal. It's not. It's what you need to yeah. eat, man. Yeah, macrobiotic. Is that macrobiotic shit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so you, have you got races coming up? So you're still in the game. You're still going for it. Well, I've probably, that big race that I did back in, that was oh, three years ago now. And then I came back, I had my daughter and I moved, um, we moved down the coast. And um, I'll be the first to admit, I was pretty naive that I was like, oh, you know, I can just Plenty jump back time, into. I'll be right. Yeah. yeah my, I remember when my wife asked me at the time, she's like, what's going to change when our daughter comes? I'm like, I don't know, six weeks of, um, six weeks just 
take it easy for a little bit and then back <laughs> yeah. into it. And then yeah. she's like, that's it. That's all that's going to change. I said, oh, I'll probably be a little bit less social maybe. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, probably no. She's like, fuck off. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pr- probably I tried to race probably about five months after she was born and she, let's just say she's three and a half and she probably just started sleeping about six months ago, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. We are getting up like eight times a night. Oh, like, fuck. Yeah, you had one of them kids. Fuck. And we've got one. We just, oh, she's, she's 12 weeks pregnant. We had our scan today, actually. Oh, so, congratulations. Um, yeah, yeah. Good. I don't know. Rest in peace, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I just hope she, oh, another just girl. Hope and I just sleeps. hope sleeps. Oh, and I never. We got lucky. Oh, I just couldn't. And we did everything. Co-sleep and not sleep. Let her cry. Let her, you know, everyone yeah. Said it. yeah. Everyone, yeah. you just got to. I think sometimes you get a lemon. We get a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a box of chocolate. I love her. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and I think, you know, we're down the coast as well and we didn't have as much support and things like that. And look, that's our choice that we moved down there. But we're just, yeah, Huskisson. Is yeah, it? yeah, we just moved to Huskisson. As soon as I got back from that race, we pretty much moved two weeks later and did Renaults and all the rest of it. And I think I was just doing too much and I was just constantly either sick or injured. Mm. And then, you know, and then I moved away from, you know, to come see Gary and my yeah, physio yeah. and things like that. There's no use coming to see my Matt at Fig Tree Physio here and he fixes me back up and then I sit in the car for an hour and a half and drive yeah, back yeah, home. Yeah, that's so right. It was that, that was hard to try and form that team again a little bit. So um, And I was coming back for work to coach still and things like that. And um, we did it for a bit. We lived there for two years and I, I sort of just – I did a – I did a, some running races, did a marathon and things like that just to sort of keep me going. And yep. then um, we moved back and then I was sort of just getting back into it. And then um, COVID hit, really. Yeah. Mm. I trained for um, Port Macquarie Ironman, which is probably our biggest race in Australia, I, I guess, um, which is the, the full distance, which is what I did you know, in Germany and things like that. And I, I trained for that last year. Um, I did a couple of so I probably nearly didn't race for nearly eighteen months after I did a couple of ones. I was embarrassing the ones that I did. Like it was just I was either sick and I was like that far behind. Finished them all, but I was just you weren't competitive. No, nah, nah. yeah. I I'd call a spade a spade. I was nowhere. It was embarrassing, and I was like, do I give up or you know? And then I, we came back, and I could I know the work that I need to put in. You know, you know the numbers you need to sort of produce yeah. to, to be competitive. What's your prime like for the sport? Yeah, I was going to say what's the prime? People age? last a long time though, well, don't current, they? Current world champions thirty nine. Yeah, it's kind of like that endurance need. You need to be older, don't you? Like, yeah. So the the sprint and Olympics. I go on the Olympics and stuff like that. I didn't even think about that. Like, I because I was very late started to the sport anyway. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the key guys are probably anywhere from thirty five to probably forty two. Yeah, um, would be their key time at the moment. I'm thirty six. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it just depends on. Uh, it's obviously pretty fickle with COVID at the moment, mm. but. We trained for that race last year and I got to like, and so much, I guess so much goes into it physically, emotionally. Um, you know, I'm shitty at home and I'm tired. Yeah, and I'm, yeah I'm for sure. I'm and, you know, I'm in my boot. I am home and then I've got my recovery boots on and then I'm getting, and ever since my neck as well, I need probably more physio and things yeah, like that just neck to manage now? it. Yeah, like I'll still get. Um, like pains and. Well, I had another, <laughs> speaking of that, I had another accident in November last year. <laughs> Coming down Macquarie Pass, had a moto come head on against me. Under like so, undertook a car around the one of the hairpins. Three of them come up, and I had to move off my line, so I didn't have a head on with him. And um, went through the intersection, flipped over onto the guardrail, and all the rest of it. Just took a bit of bark off me and things. And I rode home still all right, and then sort of buried myself in a sense that I knew that I'll go see Gary. He'd tell me to slow down, and I probably need to get to recover. Go see Matt. Physio's going to tell me the same thing. Go tell me to go see yeah, my swim yeah. coach. Yeah. If I start swimming with a snorkel heaps, that's a sign that I start getting a bit of like pins and needles and things like that. So I okay. start swimming by myself and I just 
excluded myself yeah. from everyone. <laughs> yeah. Had a pretty significant. It was big. My biggest stack since my big stack. Yeah, yes. freak you out. And um, yeah, I had a, had a few nightmares and things like definitely triggered yeah. some stuff. And then um, I just tried to stay away from everyone. And then it got to the stage where I did a ride, probably about about a month after it. I did a ride up Mount Kira and I had to stop halfway down because couldn't feel lost all feeling in my arm and Shit. couldn't feel my brakes and things like that. And it's embarrassing. I don't want to tell people that. Like. You, I guess it's a bit of a. I don't want to make an excuse. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone else has had hardships. It's it is what it is. But I hadn't put the, I didn't put the self love. I guess back yeah, in yeah, to, to right. manage myself. So we're moving house at the time, and so I sort of up until and then I guess I was burnt out as well. I think COVID took a lot out of me in a sense of I've got twenty other athletes I coach and they're going through their yeah. stuff. So I'm putting my shit aside to try and that's your job. You just they want to take 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 because yeah. that's what you do as a coach. Yeah. And I think towards the end of last year I because I ramped up for that sorry that race in May um, and about two weeks out they cancelled it due to COVID they moved to September and then I started ramping up again like you get into you know 30 hour training weeks and all the rest of it um, and then um, they cancelled that again probably about four weeks out and then um, I was just like oh, I just can't I just need to take a break for a yeah, bit in the yeah. sense. so um, oh, I say that and then I had my accident sorry and then that sort of pushed me and then I was like what am I doing like I need to get my body back. I'm a dad now and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm a husband. Like that's number one priority. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I guess I may never race again. I, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I just want to get back because I know as soon as I pick a race to be ready for, um, I put that pressure on myself that I need to hit these numbers by then. I need to do this. Mm. I need to, and the consistency and the numbers that I was doing leading up into that last accident, I just wasn't where I needed to be because I'd rather take my daughter to swimming and yeah, miss yeah, my yeah. swimming and things like that. So Life happens. Yeah, so yeah. look, I don't know. I just want to train, get fit because I just love it because I'm a bit fucked in the head in that sense that, you know, I guess it's still be more training. I'd say I'm not even training at the moment. I'm probably still doing 12, maybe 14 hours a week of training, including my rehab with my leg. And, yeah. you know, today was 40K on the indoor trainer because it was pissing down rain and I went and swam 5K this afternoon and things like that. The so indoor trainer, is that just a, a, it's a bike or is it a bike on an actual bike? Yeah, on? so my bike goes onto like a, I guess, take my back wheel off and it goes onto a bit of a cog thing and then you just, you, there's a thing called Zwift that a lot of people use which is like a virtual, you know, you yeah. jump in, it looks like, a, I guess it looks like a PlayStation game in a way. Yeah. I don't really, I don't use it. A lot of my don't make it interesting though. When I, I, I did once with a rowing machine and you could race people because I found a gym quite boring but I like mm. that. It was like a bit of fun. Yeah, you know? like, a lot of, like, even pro guys, you can get on there and be racing Lance Armstrong if he's if he's on at the right same time and things like that. Or come up with shoot up and, and stuff? His <laughs> 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 injection that's, comes out. That's all the Coke it, can or whatever <laughs> shit it was. That's, that's, that's all of cycling. All. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to compete, man. I, I love the sport. I hate dopers and I hate there's been some within our triathlon but there's no Yeah, I was going to ask you about no, that. There's so not as much money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Amateur sports are better. Like I prefer amateur boxing. They're not trying to knock each other out and shit. Like it's a point. Yeah, I just I think, think amateur people are doing it for heart. Yeah. yeah, but they don't. They don't. I don't know. They don't have the money there's, for it. There's the, where's yeah. the incentive? You there's know? no money, but there's less um, testing. Yeah. So you can probably get away with it. What a do you bit think? More. I've never been tested since when I turned <laughs> pro. When I turned pro, I never got tested, but I got tested as an amateur. Really? So, oh, did that you? Makes sense. Yeah. Some, some amateurs will get tested. Mm. Yeah. But like, 
I guess I even know from the jail as well, like when we used to, you know, to drug test the, the inmates and things like that. Yeah. I know the process and the funding behind it and things like that, and I get that, and that's why I guess triathlon's so far behind cycling, you know. Yeah. They're, they're yeah, no money. Chris Froome's on 5 million euros a year. Like, that's... Is he really? Our best guy's probably making... Maybe a mil, Aussie. Like, yeah. maybe. That's pretty good. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Not but the, anymore. But the problem is the yeah. top. The, like, and this is the this is the ants. He's our goat. Like, he's. Yeah, yeah. He's Skills our belt. Like, he's he's he won the gold medal. He won Kona. He's won half Ironmans. Like, he's our best of the best. Yeah. So he and he's like he's German, married to an Aussie. Like, he's got, you know, that they can. He's got the Australian market. He's got the European market. He speaks well, but like, not all triathletes are like that. Like, yeah. And that's the thing as well. Like I've, I've been fortunate enough. I've probably got a couple of sponsors and things like that that have helped me. And like most of them have said, we don't really ha- – you don't have to be the quickest because if you're a dick and you're coming second, we don't really want our name with you. We'd rather you be coming 10th. Yeah. And you've got a bit good. of time. And yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, like not blowing smoke up my ass, but like even when we would go to Luxembourg and things like that, I'll try and do – try and take the local kids. Some of them, I was doing some stuff how to teach them how to like when to stand and change gears and things like that. And I'd have to take my mate to translate for me because he could, some of the kids couldn't speak English and yeah. I'd put the time into that because, not because I got looked after over there, but it was just, I don't know, like I just, I think I'm a bit of a people person and you know what I mean? Like you Give just a bit have, back have, kind of yeah, have a bit of time for people yeah. and things like that. Whereas some of the, the guys, there's what they're way quicker than I am, mm. but they wouldn't have, maybe as many sponsors or get helped with some stuff because, and I'm not raining in anything, that's for sure. But like, I just think they just shoot themselves in the foot. Cause yeah. like, well, it's not just your results. Like you could, yeah, you do need some results, but there's plenty of age group guys that, um, you know, don't do it professionally, but have a massive backing with brands and all the rest of it. I know some pro guys get angry cause like, fuck, they get more than me, this and that, but it's, that's the world we live in. Like, yeah, marketing is. You're an influencer. You, you got that's people yeah, behind yeah. you. Like, you got to put the yeah. show on. You got to ride the fucking horse and yeah. Drink Gatorade out of a skull. <laughs> Drink these, yeah, boys. <laughs> man, it's great. Nathan, really big. Fuck, we've been smashing it. That was a good yeah. talk, man. Yeah, thanks for coming out. We thanks. appreciate you coming Mate, on. I'm pretty shit triathlete, and I can talk shit too. Yeah, yeah, you got <laughs> that's, it, man. That seems the. That's all that matters, isn't it? Yeah, that was great. Sweet. Right, right. I think we're done, man. Well, Cheers, Nathan. Thanks we for having me. Clap. We didn't clap. Well, that thanks. was a clap. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah, no, no worries, worries, mate. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Woo. Oh, no, you